Dissecting This Fiction, the podcast where we discuss the latest in movies, TV, and games. Because we're always DTF, and you should be too. I'm your host, Steven. And I'm your co-host, Jessica. And thank you for patiently waiting for the return of our podcast. But I hope you haven't been waiting for Avatar Way of the Water, or whatever the fuck it's called, <laughs> review. Because yeah, that's still not you're happening. in the wrong place. <laughs> that's not what we were working on. Yeah. Yeah, we were gone months so that we could really get that one nailed down right. Yeah. I don't know if we have enough water in this review. We're going to have to get some more cups. <laughs> Now it's been a it's been a very hectic uh, time for us since mm-hmm. the holiday break. We uh, we lost our pet Autumn. She passed away uh, due to some cancer complications. So we had to kind of step away for a little bit. Mm-hmm. So uh, thank you everybody who has been patient for our return. Uh, it's been a very roller coaster of the last two months, but we are excited to be back for the new year mm-hmm. and uh, plenty of of stuff to talk about. In fact, yes. so much stuff that I left a bunch of stuff off this week. Yeah. Because we just... Because I was like, there's no way we can cover all this. We just don't have time. So yeah. our typical Marvel rumor stuff will probably be on next episode. Yeah. Assuming it's even relevant at that point. Yeah. Who knows? That's true. It might we not have, be. We have Ant-Man coming out. That mm-hmm. could knock out some of the rumors. Yeah, exactly. By that point. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. But uh, yes, thank you for, for joining us yet again for another year of dissecting this fiction a uh, little house cleaning here we are separating our gaming mm-hmm. we'll be shifting our gaming to a separate podcast called loading games with dtf yes. it will be on a different channel so we will hopefully get you to hop over to that one but in the meantime for the next couple episodes we will have both just to help people transition yeah over yes any side talk you want want to get out before we we get into our other stuff? Uh, I don't even know. I know there's so much <laughs> happening in the there's world. So much. We are in the process of trying to to move again. Yes. We thought you know instead of doing these dishes, let's just kind of just leave let's the book house it. and start over. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, on that note, it's possible that we won't be doing an every week situation for the interim period where we are figuring things out. Yeah, transitioning, moving. Yes. All that good stuff. Yes. But we will, of course, keep people notified on social yes. media. Yes, we'll try to... Unless we forget. Yeah, and then we won't. Yeah. <laughs> so but we appreciate your patience. You have a strong 50-50 chance. <laughs> exactly. All right, let's get into it. Mm-hmm. We start with our good, bad, and ugly. As our new formula goes, uh, we are in our movies and television section, so let's get into it. My first is my good... Paramount Plus will be merging with Showtime, apparently. Okay. According to an internal Paramount memo, CEO Bob Backish announced that they will be putting the two streaming services together and calling it Paramount Plus with Showtime. I wonder where they thought of that. I feel like they need a creative department. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Backish, if you are listening, which I'm sure you are... (laughs) Let me know. I have plenty of ideas. We have lots of better options for you. Yes. (laughs) Paratime, Parashow, Showmount? Probably not. Showmount. That sounds like an interesting (laughs) one. I feel like you'd get a lot of intro subscribers just to to see what what Showmount has to offer. (laughs) 
Yeah, I, those are obviously really bad options, but like there are, I'm sure, better options than Paramount Plus with Showtime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, keep in mind too, like they changed. They used to be CBS All Access, yeah. right? Yeah, and they changed to the Paramount Plus. Yeah, so now they're trending. They're again. having an identity crisis. Yeah, <laughs> they should join up with WB then. You're right for uh, uh, <laughs> the new DCU. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out the identity crisis was just. For the apps yeah. that they use. It's not even for the uh, superheroes. Yeah. All right. Give me your good. Okay. We'll give a little, little tit for tat. Yeah. Okay. Uh, for my good, I would like to let everyone know that Tim Miller is directing reshoots for the Borderlands film that was originally directed with by Eli Roth. And um, I think that's awesome because... Tim Miller did Deadpool, and Deadpool mm. and Borderlands seem like pretty good fit, yeah, personally. I could see that yeah. uh, fitting really well. Yeah. So, just to be clear, he's not replacing him. It's just right. doing reshoots because yes. of, like, I'm assuming scheduling conflicts. Right, yeah. It de- the the Deadline article said it is an amicable hand- handing of the baton and doesn't mean that Roth was fired. It's just they're adding to it, I suppose. Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. which... But either way, it sounds great. So so I'm curious if he'll get any kind of directing credit or if it's like not enough percent of the film that he wouldn't count as like a joint director. That's a good good question. I guess it depends on how much they're reshooting. Mm-hmm. Really good point. <laughs> so what's your bad? My bad. It's like we're doing slang. Yeah. <laughs> My bad is... Uh, so AMC, we, we actually talked about this a long time ago when mm-hmm. it was first... Kind of a, a thought. I don't know if it was official at the time. But AMC is now going to be charging for seat locations. They've started in the New York, Chicago, and Kansas City market. And they will be expanding over the year to all of their locations domestically. So what this means is they have three categories of pricing for their seats now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have what's called standard sightline uh, seats that are the most common in auditoriums and are available for the traditional cost of a ticket. Value sightline, which is their second tier, which is seats in the front row of the auditorium, as well as select ADA seats in each auditorium and are available at a lower price than standard sightline seats. Okay. And then their third is what they call preferred sightline which will be seats in the middle of the auditorium and are priced at a premium to standard sightline seats. So now here's the thing is for the value sightline, which is the second tier, mm-hmm. it says seats in the front row of the auditorium. So does that mean like the very front row or is it like, because you know, like there's like sections, there's a small, like a few rows in the very front of the screen and there's that big gap. Yeah. And then there's like. Another chunk of seats. Is I, it that front row? Or I like think it the means, front front row? I think it means the front front row. So like, like by that logic, I feel like that's got to be like cheaper seating because that's like, I why would you want to sit there? Yeah. I'm not even that's sure. That's like you're sacrificing quality yeah. for the cost. Sometimes I wonder mind. why the seats are even there. Like why bother? <laughs> right. <Yeah>. I, <laughs> you're just going to like lay back and like try to see part yeah, I of don't the movie? Think, oh like, my God. I, was it uh, back when... What is the fucking movie called? The Netflix had a sequel to it. Oh, yeah. Um, Cloverfield. That's what I'm thinking of. Ah. So Cloverfield, back in the day when that was in theaters, mm-hmm. I think we could only get seats in the very front row. 
And that was like probably one of the worst movies to be sitting in the front row for. I feel like I would just like... Like the camera is like intentionally shaky. Yeah. You can't see gonna shit. It's going to make you throw up. Yeah. Yeah. It was just like the worst experience for a movie. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't imagine. So I, I assume the value sightline is cheaper. There's no way they could charge you more for that. Because like I wouldn't want to... Like I wouldn't want to sit there. Yeah. It's like you're punishing me by charging me more. I think because it comes, it said also ADA compliant ones, so the value probably is the cheapest. Okay. Either, but just to be clear though, this is a terrible fucking plan because like just like that removes any like ability. It's like it's like putting a class system inside of a movie theater. Like what? Yeah, I'll get into that a little bit. Okay. But, okay, so the value sightline, it says only available to AMC Stubbs members, which is just their, their like, reward membership right. thing, including the free tier of membership. Because you there's the free one, which is just for the rewards. Yeah. But then if you do their unlimited, the or not unlimited, it's, it's like three movies a, a week or whatever. Yeah, the A-list That thing one. You, you pay for, A-list, yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it says here, too, so preferred sightline which seems to be the most expensive i'm assuming where you get uh middle of the auditorium and our price at premium to standard sightline seats okay so that one you do have to be an a-list member and you will be able to reserve the seats uh in that price range at no additional cost which i guess is kind of a perk so you oh okay in a way they're kind of just charging you up front for the seat in general but instead of reserving it um mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah but to get to your point like they're making they're basically making what you said a like class tier of yeah. pricing mm-hmm. but thinking about it at first i was like oh this is such a bad idea and it is probably a bad idea yeah because it, it makes me wonder how many people will just not see movies now mm-hmm. in theater because it's more effect because you know, they like, can't sit they, in a they seat they want to sit in where they want yeah they can't yeah. sit where they want or whatever but like I was thinking about it too. It is also kind of surprising this never happened many years ago. Right. Because if you think about it, sports events, yeah, concerts, all events essentially do this already tiering of pricing based off where yeah. you are. And so it is kind of weird that theaters didn't do this until now. That's fair. Not to say it's a good thing for consumers. Obviously, it's right. going to suck for us. But yes. like... It is kind of a shock. It was never a thing to begin with. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, you know, I was getting tickets for Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania the other day for uh, to go see with some friends next weekend. And mm-hmm. uh, I have the Unlimited, of course. Mm-hmm. So theoretically, it should be free. Yes. But I was like, oh, let's see what the IMAX situation has. Mm-hmm. So we're going to see in... A much more expensive market. Mm-hmm. So the monthly thing is already $25 for it. Mm-hmm. They were going to charge me $8 just for the ticket to see it in IMAX 3D. And then to add a guest, which supposedly has a discount to the price of the ticket, mm-hmm. it was another 25 something per person. Wow. So, I mean... <laughs> Doesn't seem like much of a movie discount. Movie tickets are already fucking expensive. Yeah. So I have to wonder, like, with this kind of scheme, like, it, I guess it feels like it's basically the same concept, but they're doing it in a different approach than just overcharging you for a format of the movie. Yeah, that's true. But that also brings up a good question, too. Like, what does this mean for those formats of IMAX or yeah. 
4DX or whatever the hell. Whatever I, there bullshit There were so many got. formats yeah. I didn't even know about. But what does this mean for those ones? Will there be a, a, an, another charge for those versions as it's, well on top of these different tiers? It seems likely. <laughs> Sadly. It'll just be every single feature that you want is an upcharge. Just microtransactions all up your ass. Yeah. Yeah. It's So I see like pros and cons to it because I feel like... <laughs> I'm going to sound like an elitist, I feel like. but <laughs> Please go on. <laughs> I feel like this could go the wrong way. Um, potentially, people who are less likely to want to spend the money on certain tiers of pricing mm-hmm. might have to sit further from you. Yes. And not disturb you right. if they like to do such things. Yes, that's true. I feel like people might be less likely to want to pay for their two-year-old to have a premium seat. Exactly. And then not take their two-year-old to a premium seat in the middle of the theater for fucking Deadpool, Mm -hmm. for example. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) For example. Just throwing out a random movie. (laughs) So yes, you're right. That could work in the favor of people who are constantly being annoyed by people who... They're they're in those seats just because they're there with their parent. But mm. I guess if you look at the flip side, somebody who for some reason has to bring their child with them and is going to do that <laughs> has to. I don't know. Whatever. I, <laughs> I was forced to see this movie with my yeah, child. I, I had no option to just not go to the movie. Yeah, I know. I know. I I'm not saying I agree with it, but for whatever reason, those people are going to be disadvantaged from it. So mm-hmm. yeah. I, I guess another negative could come out of that. Just another flip side is like. At the same time, too, if you're paying extra money for seats to enjoy your movie the way you want to, Mm -hmm. and then you do have those kind of people who are disruptive Mm -hmm. on their phones, talking, coming in and out of the theater, um, that's also got to be frustrating on top of, like, you know, already dealing with it. Now you're dealing with it after having to pay more money for the seat that that you didn't have to pay that much for before. It's even more infuriating, yeah. Yeah. And then there's also the weird thing where you're having these three tiers, and so it's like in a the- in a in a concert or whatever where there's assigned seating. Usually, it's like the front and middle are the most expensive, and then as you kind of move backwards and sideways from the stage view, it like in- decreases slightly in a gradient. Mm. But in here, there's only three price tiers, and so there's gonna be multiple scenarios where I'm sitting here and I paid the cheaper price and then you're sitting right next to me and you paid the more expensive price well i feel like they're gonna make it complete rows i don't think it's gonna be like you could be sitting to the left or right of somebody who paid five bucks more for their ticket like you don't think so no because it's it's not like the theater is curved i mean maybe i guess imax theaters might be like that a little bit but i mean they're just basically straight lines right of seats so I imagine it's going to be tiers as far as like from bottom to top, not so okay, much like not from side these to side. five seats will be this prize. These next eight in the same row will be this prize. Because well, that's what I was picturing. Like the middle of the theater to me is the middle middle, not mm-hmm. just the middle rows, but the middle in I mean, the they row. Might, they might do that if it's like the four on the left and the right of the middle rows yeah. are the slightly cheaper, the cheaper one. Yeah, like, Potentially, I guess you could say they could do that, but yeah. like... I don't know. But I would also imagine it would probably be a gradient of pricing. Although that would probably make it more complicated. Exactly. To have like 
There's three different every, prices every in one row. Every seat adds another quarter of exactly, price. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> to the price of it. I, it it, it I just makes it, it very complicated and yeah. very microtransaction-y. So I don't mm. like the direction it's heading, but I can yes. see some advantages. It's very problematic yes. up front, but I guess we'll have to see how it plays out. Because that's one of the cool things about like a theater is like it's a place where everyone can go see the same movie and no, it doesn't matter mm. What you do, what anybody else does, it doesn't matter where you're from, what your interests are, you are all there to see the same movie. So theoretically, mm. you ha- have that one thing in common and you don't have to worry about anything else. Yeah. And so it's kind of like it's, it's an equalizer. It's slightly bringing politics, it feels like, yeah. into just going yes. to enjoy a movie. Yeah, it makes it weird for no reason, other than them to be greedy, I guess. <laughs> it also feels like a weird strategy because, you know, theaters are still slightly struggling to... Mm-hmm get people into seats and so like now you're kind of giving them another hurdle to then have to be like do i really want to go to the theater and see it now or should i just wait till it's streaming or for purchase yeah something tells me that it's like instead of just saying we're gonna raise our prices across the board they know which seats most people want to sit in Mm-hmm. And they're like hoping that everyone who's currently going to movies is just going to just take it up the ass and pay the extra however many dollars yeah, I guess and not just... worry about any changes. So it's kind of like just another fucking example of inflation or shrinkflation or whatever. All the bullshit mm-hmm. that's going on right now where you get less for the same, for more money. Yeah. It's going to be like the, <laughs> the, the movie goers yeah. are the ones that are going to really, I guess, suffer as far as yes. the uh, cost is going to take on them. Yeah. And, you know, what does that mean for their concession stand stuff? Like, will people just be buying less food now? Because it's like, you know, they have this kind of budget to go to the movies with their Mm -hmm. family. You know, you got three kids. Yeah. It's it's insane, right? Yeah. So you're not like you can't you can get like what a a drink and a popcorn and a fucking nacho. And it's like 30 bucks at least. And I don't think they even gave pricing. It's just we just it's. That's just tears. It's just tears. We don't know what the pricing will be. So it could be a big drastic shift in price or yeah. it could be like less than a dollar. Yeah. We don't know. But yeah. Yeah. It'll, it'll just be interesting to see. Yeah. All right. Well, that's one bad. <sighs> All right. Give me give me your bad. It's, it's very, very similar, really. <laughs> My bad is Netflix's password sharing crackdown is beginning. And I know we've... So they keep saying. Yeah. They keep telling us. Yeah. They keep reminding us every fucking it, it day. Is, it is. There's a new article about how yeah. they want to make sure we know yeah. it's coming. Yeah. It is officially beginning. Not in the U.S. yet. But basically, as we talked about many times, they were doing testing in other countries. They tested it in Chile, Costa Rica, Peru. Uh, I think there might have been somewhere else, but those are the three. And um, when they were doing their testing... What? Oh, no. Sorry. I'm just... <laughs> The whole coming thing was just making me think of a meme that's going... Like, have okay. you seen those, like, memes of, like, it's, like, clearly a, a chick from, like, a porno? Yes. And she's, like... It's, like, she says, I'm coming, but, yeah. like, she always... They always change what she's saying in the meme. Mm, okay, But yes. she's got the facial expression, like, it's clear what's happening. Yeah, yeah. I just thought it'd be funny if it was, like, you changed her to be Netflix, and then it's, like, <laughs> I'm coming. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> No, I got that out of my now head. Now that we can get past that, yeah. 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 Go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. Um, okay, so they were testing it in those markets, and wh- this is what bothers me, I think, mostly. Because we all kind of expect this, because they've been talking about it, talking about it, talking about it. And so it's, like, it's kind of like an inevitability at this point. It's like Thanos. Uh. <laughs> 
but uh, how they implement it is the question mark and what the specific effects are and how they're going to enforce it. But they tested this algorithm thing that they're doing in those countries. And when they were doing the testing, the cost of a sub account, which basically what it, what it does is you can add a person to as a sub member hmm. to your account where you still pay the bill, but they have their own login. Okay. So yes. it treats them like they're a separate user. Yes. But they're under your account. Correct. Okay. So I assume the idea is your kids uh, going away to college yes. will be able to use it or something like yes. that. Um, as long as they can log in with whatever there's details Mm -hmm. but yes um and when they were doing this testing the cost of a sub account was about 25 percent of the cost of a standard plan in each of those countries which is seems like a somewhat reasonable number yeah as long as you're getting the same exact content and you're not limiting to something less yeah so if they were to apply that 25 percent number to the u.s when they implement it our cost for a sub sub member account would be about 350 to four dollars a month okay okay However, here's where it gets fun. As of the 8th of February, last week, um, Netflix launched the fees in the first countries as part of their official global rollout. And the countries that they started with are Canada, New Zealand, Portugal, and Spain. Mm-hmm. And the price in these countries for a sub-account was an average of about 43% of the standard plan. Oh, so, so the, certain so, countries are going to be higher percent than mm-hmm. others. So it's yes. probably going to be based off cost of living. Potentially. So Canada, which is the closest market to the U.S. of the ones that currently have this, uh, they're being charged nearly half the price of the whole plan just for one sub-member account. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the only argument you can make as Netflix is like, well, would you rather just pay the full price again like okay just wait for it okay <laughs> i like where you're going i'm trying to help you that place. I, I like where you're going but i have a rebuttal okay <laughs> so if they were to roll out the current pricing structure and use the same algorithm the in the u.s we would pay 750 a month to be a sub account to someone having a full account okay okay but you could also just get the basic Netflix account with ads for $7 a month. Yes. By yourself without having to be on someone's account. Of course, that's with ads and yeah, there's yeah. there's feature limitations so it's on like, it. I mean, 50 cents is a lot better but appeal to not have ads. Agreed. However, to me... <laughs> there it is. <laughs> to me, this seems like a base, not really a scam, but a an incentive to force people to think, oh, well, I can just get my own account. For 50 cents less. Yeah. I mean, With the ads. If that's what their intent is, which it would be dumb if it wasn't, yeah. uh, that's very smart marketing is what that is. I hate it's, it. It's <laughs> pushing people to give them more user account uh-huh. data. More user accounts. Then, now they say, now we have this much and more mm-hmm. accounts available. And then they're making money off of you from ad revenue as well. Yes. And they're giving you less programming or whatever. Not less programming, but it's mm. like, I'm, I think the basic account only has standard definition streaming. Are, are they going to do the shit like uh, WB with HBO where like, if you get the ad one, it's like you don't get certain um, certain movies. content. I don't or know. Or is it going to be the same exact content? I think Netflix? it's the same content. The, the limitation is the definition or the quality of streaming that you can have but that may change as netflix has ramped up all of its big num like big gotcha. titles 
Um, so I don't know for sure about that. I don't know if you have it here, but I do remember reading something about like they had supposedly, I don't know if it was leaked or posted yes. by Netflix, but it was like how they were going to enforce it was essentially you had to check in yes. through the modem that was tied to the account mm-hmm. uh, every X amount. Of, I think it was like once a month or something. It was 30 days. Yeah. Uh, to basically verify for it to allow you to use it. Mm-hmm. Not at that location. Yes. Which is, I guess was their way of like letting people still travel with it, but yes. not let people just use permanently the use it elsewhere. Yeah. Yes. That's basically what, and so it, they're calling it a leak. <laughs> just but, have like a burden phone that you yeah. like, mm-hmm. like the, the, the yeah. primary owner. Yeah. Just like does. mail it to your friend once a month. <laughs> Well, you don't have to or do that, Or go to their right? house because once you, a month. You could theoretically, I don't, unless the, I don't know, the way I'm thinking of it is the primary account holder would have a burner phone mm-hmm. that's tied to you. Mm-hmm. It would register in on the Netflix app mm-hmm. on the phone yeah. that you're there. And then you can now go and then use it on your Xbox or your PlayStation, mm-hmm. wherever the hell you actually are. Right. I, that's how I would think it would yes. work, unless there's some kind of loophole there that it yes. doesn't work that there's way. There's limitations on that. Okay. So, um, basically, from what I was reading, they posted that information, and it was meant to be posted for the countries where they went live with this, but they posted it on some other country's help website as well, mm. and that's why they ended up taking it down, because yeah. it didn't apply yet. Okay. They have since updated the website with information, and they removed whatever, whatever, but basically... The gist was the Netflix is going to recognize your IP address from your device, and it's going to say as uh, your from your primary device basically in your location. So if they're connected to the same Wi-Fi network as your primary device, then you're good as long as you reconnect within 30 days, um, or every 30 days. But if you have a device that you travel with that for some reason you don't log into at home. Mm. Then maybe the next time you go out of town, it's been over a month and you didn't log in at home, then you would have to get the like emergency password garbage that like lasts for seven days, I think is what they said. Okay. Um, this sounds very similar to what Net- or, uh, Nintendo does with their Switch. Mm-hmm. Um, just for using the games online uh, away from home, mm-hmm. you have like basically to, to check in on your house IP and then... You have seven days to, to use the stuff outside of your house or whatever. Yeah. You don't have internet or something like that. I think it's just for like playing games that need internet to turn to activate the games or whatever. Yes. So essentially, if you haven't set a primary location for your account, it will automatically set one based on the IP address and device IDs and their account activity. And it's going to basically limit you automatically based on recording your device's information. So okay. it's kind of a bummer. But um, I see why. Uh, <laughs> although it does look like when they modified the website, it does look like they removed all references to the trusted devices, the ones that you've issued a, a allowance to or whatever, access to, and 31 days from its account sharing policies on the website. So they may be changing that as well. To like shorter or longer? I mean, I would imagine shorter based on the bullshit. Yeah. But... I mean, let's say if it's shorter, that makes it worse. Yeah, but it does. Um, if it's longer, then like that's 
makes people a little bit more happier, right? Yeah. So they won't be using GPS data. They can't collect that. But it does say that your IP address will say near this location, whatever, whatever. So basically anybody who shares, as long as you live within a reasonable radius of who has the primary account, like you're pretty much still good. Yeah. You can just go drive by. You have to go visit them for a a minute (laughs) and go check in. Go to dinner at their house once a month. (laughs) (laughs) Just got to play it off like you're just there to say hi. Yeah. Yeah. Like oh, we brought you a... Checking your, yeah, uh, your Netflix you account. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Well. So, I don't know. I don't like the direction it's heading because it seems like it's yeah. trying to funnel people into their ad revenue account yeah. rather. It's, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with Netflix when this actually goes live yeah. in most countries. Because yeah. like, I, I want to know how much user data they're going to like see, like yeah. a drop or... You know, or people will actually just be like, you know what? Let's get the sub accounts and yeah. then like see how many. Okay, so uh, and they're even gonna show that kind of data to to people. So I mean, they might hide that to make you think that it's really well, and there's a lot of people doing it. If there's not, <laughs> so important detail about the sub accounts that I didn't mention yet is that if you are a like middle tier uh, account holder, the mm-hmm. standard account holder, you only can have one sub account. And if you're a premium tier, you can uh, have two sub accounts. That makes sense because it's yeah. kind of like them translating like the amount of devices you can have. Exactly. Which is, I feel like Netflix, unless I'm dead wrong on this, I feel like Netflix is the only service that limits how many devices you can connect your account to. Because I feel like HBO, Amazon, yeah, Hulu, Disney Plus, like I feel like. I'm always going on to a different device, you mm-hmm. know, whether it be at my parents' house, or whatever, like logging into our account. And like, I feel like I'm not reaching any kind of like notifications of, oh, you can't have this many on here. Yeah. Um, Disney Plus has like a maximum number of streaming devices at one time, but there's no limit to the number of devices okay. you can register the account to. Okay. But even the Disney Plus, it's two. So with each sub account, since there's their own login, they can only log into one device. They can only have one, like they can log into multiple devices, but they can only uh, view one session at a time. So say for some reason, like if we were having a, a sub account. So sub accounts can't share. Exactly. Exactly. So if we had a sub account like a, on someone else's account. A trickle down of sharing. We would only be able to use it at the same time together or one at a time. We mm-hmm. wouldn't be able to share. Yeah. I feel like it would have been better for them to take this in phases because it seems like they're going from anybody can have your password yeah. you go fucking everybody gets mm-hmm. a password you know they're like oprah with passwords it but... was kind of like part of their marketing at one yes, point it I was. Feel like to like entice people to be like yeah i feel like it was even in their ads they like shade talked other streaming services into like in like cheeky little things on mm. twitter and stuff about like oh you can have you can share passwords with your friends we don't give a shit yeah but now here they are mm. cracking down harder than almost anyone else i, I want to say the ceo actually stepped down from netflix mm. like i wonder if it's like he's like yeah we're gonna lose a lot of money <laughs> like that was my first instinct when i read that he yeah. like stepped down and like retired essentially mm-hmm. i'm like he probably sees that they're going to potentially lose a shit ton of stock mm-hmm. when people decide they don't want it because of the, the price increase that they're sharing or, mm-hmm. you know, it's already expensive as fuck just to have it. Um, so I wonder if that was like the mindset of like, I'm going to get out while it's good yeah, and uh, yeah. <laughs> let them deal with this. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I had a, it was a bad, bad, unfortunately. Okay. 
Now we can move on to uglies. Yep. We can. <laughs> I probably should have put this in our DC because we got the DCU uh, announcement stuff. But, like, I don't know. It is an ugly for me. Okay. So, Variety is reporting that some WB executives are interested in moving forward with Ezra Miller as The Flash in the new DCU. Mm-hmm. Uh, sources have said that Miller has stayed out of trouble since starting mental health treatment last summer and has reopened the door for Miller to potentially continue as The Flash. So I guess, are we also going to get Amber Heard back too then, do you think? Uh. <laughs> Seems like we're just going to, I don't know. That, that's my uh, little two cents there. Yeah. Um, so we know the movie comes about, what, in like what was it, June 16th yes. for the Flash film. So I, I guess for me, this is like f- fucking annoying because <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I was like, oh, what's he going to say? <laughs> It's annoying to me because of all the Henry Cavill drama. Yes. You know, James Gunn's going out saying like, oh, I want to start fresh. And like, you know, Mm -hmm. that's understandable. It's been Mm -hmm. a mess with the DCU. Yeah. Or EU at the time. Yes. You know, it's like, it makes sense of you want to start fresh. You want to start completely over. Mm -hmm. But in my mind, that means like you're getting rid of everybody. Clean slate. And I get that you can use the Flash Literally to reset the, the mm-hmm. universe because of storylines they've used. Yes. But like, also, at the same time, what does this mean for the reboot then? If Ezra continues as the Flash, then that means the argument of why you need a new Henry Cavill, a new Gal Gadot recasting... Is irrelevant. Or whoever... Yeah. Is irrelevant, exactly. Yeah. And I've, I've kind of... You've mentioned that before. before. Yeah. <laughs> A few times. And here's the thing is, I'm not even like a a Snyder, like, fanboy. Like, I Mm -hmm. really don't. Like, I enjoyed them. Mm -hmm. You know, they they could have been better. They clearly weren't the best, you know, because of, like, the the issues between WB and and Snyder. But, you know, storyline, they they really fucked a lot up. But Mm -hmm. I guess I'm just all or nothing. It's like, if you're going to say you want a complete reboot, you want to do it your way, Mm -hmm. that's completely fine. That's great. Let's do it. I'm excited. But man, this is really concerning if it's going to be more WB higher up politics that are going to fuck this whole DCU mm-hmm. new chapter up. You yeah. know, I just, I'm just so concerned by that. And like, we'll get into like stuff with our, you know, announcements later of like other castings that are, I'm just like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but it just, it's really frustrating to me that like they are even considering it. Now, the only other side is, like, this is just kind of, like, their way of playing PR, potentially, of, yeah. like, making people feel like this movie matters. Mm-hmm. And so people go see it instead right. of being like, well, this doesn't matter. I'll just wait till they start the fucking first whatever movie, TV show, whatever is going to start the official reboot of DC. Right, right. Um, so maybe they're just trying to do that. Yeah. I don't know. You know, there's been talk that this is a really good movie. People have supposedly compared it to The Dark Knight, which oh. we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. But um, I don't know. I'm not too thrilled with this so far. It feels like essentially you're rewarding cast members that don't necessarily deserve it based off stuff that they've been in the <laughs> news yeah, about. Yeah, it's just an interesting... And then other ones who haven't done anything wrong are just kind of getting the boot, and I don't yeah. really get it. It's an interesting line to draw where... Some people do something wrong and they're punished and other people do something wrong and they're not punished. 
and then other people didn't do anything wrong and they're punished. It's just, yeah. it's arbitrary. It and seems. I'm sure it's not considered like, you know, I'm sure it's not James Gunn has anything against right. Henry Cavill or yeah. or whoever is not going to be included. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's not at all about that. It's just about rebooting and doing it in the way they want to do. But like, again, it's like, to me, then do it with everything. Right. Because like, then you're making it like still kind of complicated for the general viewer. Of yes. Like, well, why is this person still around? Anyways, that's my ugly. Makes sense. Uh, my ugly is interesting. <laughs> So I, it was announced that Tron Aries will be starring Jared Leto. And I called this an ugly because I assume that it's going to just cause a shitstorm of people hating on Jared Leto because it usually does. That was my first thought yeah. too when they announced it. I was like, <laughs> yeah. so this is going to get me in the spotlight for a bad thing. Yes. Unfortunately. Yes. Because I personally don't have a problem with Jared Leto. And I think he's a good actor. Oh, I think he's, I think he's, a, he's a really, really good actor. He's been in some odd roles, but, and he's done some odd things have happened in movies that he is in. Mm-hmm. Yes. Whether it's him or related to other things, whatever. Um, so I think that he's, I don't have a problem with him, but my I think it's going to get ugly because people seem to ride mm-hmm. the hate train of yeah. Jared Leto these days. Yeah. I will say, I think that the whole Morbius, like, thing, I don't think it was really truly about him mm-hmm. in the movie. I think it was just about the movie itself. Absolutely, and being yeah. being so, like, bland yeah. of a, a, a story and just, yeah. like, a character that's so tied to Spider-Man and then they didn't even tie it to Spider-Man. It was just kind of like, what yeah. the fuck are we doing here? Yeah. So More I, so. I don't think it was really about him in that movie specifically. But, like, you know, I think what really damaged him was the... Uh, Joker. Yes. And I don't think it was even him as Joker in that concept. I think it was just the fact that the Snyderverse was just not really going anywhere. Yeah. And that Suicide Squad movie was just so bad. Yeah. And so it was just kind of like by affiliation. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't really so much about his, in my mind, it wasn't about his portrayal of that character. Of course. And obviously WB or whoever's in charge is going to give him the okay on whether he can or can't go that route, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like he's signed on and he's like, I'm doing it my way. And yeah. they're like, oh, oh, oh okay. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. he doesn't have a full control of that. So yeah. if they're not okay with it, it's not going to happen. Right. I think people tend, the internet, namely, tend to scapegoat the face of the situation. Mm-hmm. And so it feels like all the complaints and bullshit surrounding both of those situations were directed at him. Yeah. Even when they weren't even like him doing a bad job. He was acting the role that was supposed to be there. Yeah. He just... I mean, it's, it's probably... <laughs> wasn't well received. It's probably a hot take. But mm-hmm. I kind of... I actually kind of enjoyed the idea of his Joker like version... Same. It was so like opposite of what you you know. It wasn't the traditional Joker, but like I could see it working in a modern day. Yes, and so that's kind of like where I was like, I'm really interested what they do with this, and I was really hoping to see if they did some kind of a uh, backstory to uh, uh, Todd. What's it called? What's his? What's the the Robin that they that was killed in in that backstory uh, for for Batman? They didn't. You know, they kind of teased it with. Knowing he died, but like, yeah. you know, I would have really loved to see like them do an ad- adaptation of that whole yeah. thing. Yeah, I think it was, 
I agree with you that he ha- he kind of did like a more modern take on the Joker character. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was really interesting and had a lot of potential, but they cut so many scenes out of that movie and then he never got to go any further with it that yeah. it kind of le- it was left like, "Oh, that was kind of weird," you yeah. know. I, I, as far as Tron goes. Yes. Um back to that. <laughs> I've seen the old Tron movie. Was from like the seventies, eighties, mm-hmm. or something like yeah, that. Like yeah. it's not of my time, so like it's mm-hmm. nothing that I have uh, this beloved memory of. But like you haven't I, seen the more recent ones. There's only two. I've seen the old one. Yeah, which was like I mean, it's fine. It's whatever. Yeah. It's like you know it's dated, obviously. Yeah. But like I'm sure it was great at its when it came out. Yeah. Um, and I've seen Tron Legacy. Okay. And like honestly, I couldn't tell you what the plot of that movie was. But I don't remember hating it. It had some cool concepts, some visuals, mm-hmm. you know. So I'm not against seeing another Tron is what I'm saying, I guess. Got it. Is like, you know, we've gone a long way since that one came out. And I remember that one looking pretty good. Yeah. So I'm I'm here for another Tron movie, you know. Yeah. If they get the story going correctly and it, you know, has some fun action to it, like I'm yeah. all about it. Yeah. And I'd like to hope that even though I expect this to get ugly, that maybe somehow Jared Leto can get bypass all of that bullshit mm-hmm. this time and finally be seen for a good actor I mean, in, anyone, a more, if, in a modern thing. If anyone's <laughs> interested, my favorite movie that he's in is uh, The Lord of War. Oh, yeah. With uh, Nicolas Cage. Mm-hmm. He plays uh, Nicolas Cage's brother, and they basically are black market uh, weapons dealers. Mm hmm. That deal with like selling to buying and selling to other countries and stuff. Yeah. So I thought that was a really good movie and I, I loved his role in that one. So I loved him in a movie that I would probably never watch again because it was so fucking sad. But Requiem for a Dream. Oh my God. I hate that movie so much. I, it was so good. It though. makes me so uncomfortable. I can't watch it. <laughs> I've seen it like I think two or three times and every time I'm like, I will never watch this again. <laughs> And you do watch uh, but it I, But I, I'm, I'm officially done. I've okay. never seen it since then, and okay. I will not see it. I okay. just, it's so, it's so depressing. It's so depressing. I watched it when I was a teenager. It was in my, you yeah. know, it was in that time period where yeah. it was like, I was into depressing things. Obviously, I'm not into that shit anymore. <laughs> I was into depressing things. I was in high school. I, was I like, arguably yeah. still am. Yeah, you are. I really like, like, depressing melancholy, plot lines. Yeah. like, plot points. So, you know, like, yeah. the, uh, the Leftovers is one of the, my favorite fucking shows. Right. So I'm kind of surprised you would never watch it again. But yes, it was very, very, very fucking uncomfortable and yeah. very depressing, but really fucking good. Yeah, I mean, so, it, it was good. I just, I, it's not something that I want to go watch. Same. <laughs> over and over. I don't want to watch it again either. But if anybody's never seen it and yeah. they're willing to watch something depressing, it's so good. Ironically, and he's the only really thing good I haven't it. seen that he did, I think he got an Oscar or at least nominated, uh, was it Dallas Buyers Club? Oh, yeah. I've never seen that movie. I haven't either. We should watch it. I heard really good things. Yeah? Want to watch it like back-to-back with Tron? <laughs> or Morbius? No. <laughs> Double feature? Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. That's all That's all I had to say about all that. <laughs> he should get like a catchphrase for every movie where he's like, Leto, let's a go, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, like Leto. Yeah. You know, like like a hyped, you know, like a yeah. hype moment. Yeah. Where he's like, "Let's go!" Oh, right. And he was in House of Gucci. I remember that. Oh, now. right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Also, really good. Really in good that. in that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Forgot about him. Yeah. 
Because he looked nothing like himself. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. Yeah. Well, that's that's our good, bad, and ugly for this yep. week. Yes. A uh, couple cancellations, unfortunately. Nothing we really... Well, one that we watch. But first up, Pennyworth mm-hmm. has been canceled by HBO. This was the prequel origin story of Alfred mm-hmm. for the Batman character. Uh, so... After three seasons, it's been canceled, and they will not be giving the official origin of the butler to Batman. Well, that's dumb. Yeah, so we won't get the uh, conclusion. And by we, I mean anybody who's watched it. Yeah, because we haven't. Because we haven't. <laughs> but we also won't. <laughs> yes. Uh, Netflix has canceled Inside Job after renewing it for a season two. Mm-hmm. So this was like a weird thing where they, yeah. they announced it was going to return mm-hmm. for a season two, and then... After that, they said it was canceled. They were like, so. Uh, so, series creator Shion, Shion Takeuchi uh, revealed on Twitter, they said, I'm heartbroken to confirm that Netflix has decided to cancel season two of Inside Job. Bummer. Yeah, so pretty straightforward. Yeah. Unfortunately. That show was pretty entertaining. Yeah, I, I liked the first half. They introduced a new character in the second half, and I was not as into the character, but like, I probably will finish the mm-hmm. show. It's like Rick and Morty light. Yeah. I guess mm-hmm. it's like not as intense with, <laughs> Rick with, and Morty. with a female lead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a fun premise. Yeah. All right. Um, for anybody excited about Wednesday, uh, they they have renewed the show for a season two. Of course they did. Just wait for them to cancel it. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. That one I think is the one we stick around for a couple seasons. Yeah, if least. only to have another stupid TikTok dance viral sensation. Oh my god! You know they did that just like they had to have done that just so that it would become a TikTok thing, yeah, right? Like absolutely. there's no way. Yeah. They were like, well, let's just uh, let's see if we can do some artistic dance. Yeah. In the show. Uh, the actress that I'm blanking on her name, she actually did that choreographed that dance herself after mm. watching a whole bunch of stuff that was like from the era, supposedly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well. But yeah, they had to know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Where are we at? Where are we at? Oh, here we go. More more WB conversation. Um, so WB Discovery, their whole initial plan was they were going to merge the Discovery Plus and the HBO Max services together. And now we're getting conflicting reports from different outlets saying... That they are or they aren't doing this after all. So Wall Street Journal reports that they will no longer merge HBO Max and Discovery Plus out of fear that the subscribers of Discovery Plus, which is around 20 million, will not be willing to pay a higher service fee for the service. So okay, that's understandable of an idea. Yeah. Like you don't want to lose what you have because they now don't want to pay like twice as much for shit they don't care about, right? Yeah, cuz discovery triple even, I think. I would love to know the dis- subscriber. That's like 5 is it 5 bucks for discovery plus? Yeah, it's at least really it was cheap. at one point. I would love to know the subscriber demographic and, breakdown for discovery yeah, I, plus. <laughs> well, I mean it says 20 million. No, demographic breakdown. Oh, like demographic. like who they are because okay. like we don't subscribe to it. Yeah, I mean I don't we had think like a most free people trial, do. I think, through, yes. I think it was like was it Prime Day? Yes. We had like a I think it was like 30 day trial or something. But like I'm suspecting it's got to be like people who have kids that they want to watch educational programming and then people who want to watch like I mean, home improvement shows. It like had I don't like I mean that was essentially what it was, right? Yeah. It was home improvement shows and uh 90 Day Fiance was like basically its own cinematic universe. Yeah. It's, yeah, and then like uh <laughs> fucking There was a nature lot of shit, nature shows. stuff ish. Yeah. Honestly, and I probably don't even care that much anymore, but honestly, I would 
really only want Discovery Plus for Shark Week. Yeah, if it was actually Shark Week still. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and that's why I was kind of okay with it going over to HBO Max. Like, oh, cool, I'll get to watch Shark Week. We don't have to fig- I won't have to figure out how I'm going to watch it now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's not anything I'm going to go out of my way and get now that it's not merging, if that's the case. Yeah. So the, conflict- the conflicting side is IGN has reported that they have been told by somebody over at Warner Brothers Discovery that there are no plans to change the merging and that it's still happening. Okay. So it should be remain remaining unchanged. But it will be more expensive than the fifteen ninety nine that we have currently for HBO Max for the ad free version. Gotcha. Of course. I mean yeah, but like again, if, assuming I give a shit about Discovery Plus, mm-hmm. you better not go over twenty dollars. Yeah, because I'm not, I don't care that much. Yep. You know, so if you're charging me over twenty dollars for your service, I'm yeah not that concerned. Yeah, and I'm not going to drop to the lower ad tiers because then I'm not getting the stuff I care about. Exactly. Because you won't get like the was it you don't get originals mm-hmm. or theater stuff, right? Yep. Which I guess they're getting rid of the theater, not really stuff anyway, have theater stuff so. anyway. But you don't get the originals, which are like the main thing that you watch HBO for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, moving on. Angela Bassett uh, won a glo- Golden Globe for Wakanda Forever for her portrayal of the Queen. Uh, it's the first actor from a Marvel movie to win a Golden Globe. Uh, she's also nominated for basically the same category for best actress in a supporting role uh in the upcoming oscars when are the oscars i want to say it's like the week after the super bowl <laughs> watch it's like i'm like tonight <laughs> oh, okay i was thinking uh they're the week after my birthday march 12th oh it's in march okay. yes i was like i feel like there's somewhere around my birthday because we, we... used to put focus on the oscars yeah but I, it, every year it feels like it's less important mm-hmm. and so like we've kind of yeah. Kind of naturally drifted away from it but yeah. like i don't know I'll, I'll check the nominees and see yeah. what's out there what's going on it, i really haven't been paying attention to it so it was pretty fun that one year to go see every single one oh though. yeah we, we went that on, was an oh achievement God, we went on a binge <laughs> that was definitely an achievement yeah. unlocked <laughs> i mean we'll we'll see uh what there is and yeah and we'll have at least a small conversation probably but yeah. we probably won't have a big episode focus like we did in the past right right um but I mean, congrat congratulations to her. Like that's exciting for her, obviously, and that's very exciting for just the MCU in general to like kind of prop it up to a standard that like you know you can bring this caliber of acting, you mm-hmm. know, and yeah. not that you can bring it that like it can be acknowledged. Yes. I guess is more that's accurate the, that, way of saying exactly. It. There's been really really great exceptional acting in a lot of these movies and a lot of the They're like just kind of brushed bougie off. bullshit motherfuckers don't want to acknowledge it because yeah. it's oh it's tainted because it's not like yeah. a th- i mean there's actors out there that still are kind of like you don't want to be yeah a part of a superhero movie or mm-hmm. whatever and like so it's definitely progress yeah and she did a fucking amazing job so she absolutely deserves it yeah and i i, I that movie i believe is on uh disney plus currently i think it yeah. came out february 1st so mm-hmm. anyone who hasn't seen Wakanda Forever. It's out there. Yeah. On Disney Plus it, now. Yeah, it's 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 a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh some other news related to Disney. Apparently there's going to be a Toy Story 
Frozen and Zootopia sequel in the work for each for those franchises. Do we really need to keep going on fucking Toy Story? Uh, yeah, so that's the I'm just kind of confused. I I guess it's just a guaranteed money maker. I guess I don't know. I mean, you know, there's the debate whether or not four was necessary. Yeah, three was a really nice ending to the the mm-hmm. the, the whole story for those characters at least. Yeah. Um, four was four, essentially it, it was fine it was enjoyable but like it wasn't really necessary it was like a I thought it kind of felt like it was going to be a little bit of a revival of the series yeah. for the people basically, basically the Toy Story fans are now it, adults with children right Toy Story 4 just kind of felt like it was a side quest yeah for the the, the first three movies yeah. it didn't feel like it was really necessary absolutely and it so, felt it, Five is going to be like, you have to really, really impress us, I guess. It's going to have to be something, something compelling. Uh, unless they're going to, unless it's just called Toy Story and it's going to be like a new batch of, of toys. And they, yeah. maybe like Woody and Buzz will be there, but they're just not going to be the main focus. Like, I don't know. Could be. Yeah, I don't know. It's It felt to me like, I thought four was an attempt to introduce, it was an attempt to get people who are adults with children who used to like Toy Story when they were younger. Mm-hmm. To now introduce that to their children. And then I guess now they're trying to keep going with it. Well, I mean, even three, I feel like came out like... Was it? I don't know. I I don't even know when it came out, but I was definitely an adult when when three came out. You're probably right. I don't really care about that series. I was still living... It was before we were even dating. Okay. So it's at least a decade. Yeah. (laughs) That it came out. But like, I don't... 2010. Obviously, that's what they're going for, right? They yeah. want they want generational crossover. You know, they want you to, to bring your kids to it, right? Yeah. So, 1995, purposes. and then the number three was in 2010. So that's okay. And then four was like what five years ago, maybe like 2018. 2019. 19. Okay. Yeah. I remember it was before the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> so. I feel like Frozen, like, and there's what? There's two of them? I, yeah. I, I mean, that's, there's like that's a million... not my market. I mean, I yeah. obviously grew up with Toy Story, so I'm more inclined to care about that. Yeah. There's like a million little, like, animated series and shit yeah. on I, all of these. I'm not shocked there's going to be a Frozen 3. Yeah. No one's surprised by that. Um, Zootopia, there's only one, I think, of that, right? I have no idea. I feel like I've idea. seen it, but I couldn't tell you the, the, the story. I just know it was like a world of animals living in a... I've seen it. Society. Uh, yeah, there's <laughs> like only one of those so far. So, I mean, Toy Story is really the only one I'm like, wow, I can't believe this is a thing. Yeah, but, the other um, ones make sense. I guess for me, Toy Story, if you want to continue it, I guess I feel like the most logical and beneficial manner to do that would be Disney Plus. As like yes. one-off, like maybe kind of like what they're doing with the Marvel mm-hmm. special presentations. Yes. Where it's like 45 minutes, yeah. maybe, maybe an hour. Maybe an hour. And it's like, I guess they're also side quest type things. Like, mm-hmm. it's not going to really matter, but it's fun to go back to those characters. Yes. You know, maybe you could then focus on a handful of them versus, like, the entire arsenal of characters they've they've introduced over four movies. Yeah. It just seems, like, unnecessary. Yeah. And plus, you know, then that brings people to the subscription service if they care, you know. So... Anyways, those were announced during a Q1 earnings call by Bob Iger, who has come back as the CEO. So, like, I think what I'm getting out of this is that in order to be a CEO of one of these companies, your name has to be Bob? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Hi, Bob. 
Yeah. Is it Hi Bob? It's Hi Bob. It's yeah. Hi Bob. Yeah. <laughs> and if you don't know what we're talking about. You will. <laughs> or, I mean, you might not. If well, you never. That's true. See what introduces Hi Bob. Yeah. I have to feel cool yeah. that we know it and they don't. Yeah, we're not going to tell anyone. So I anyone. have to be vague about okay, it. Okay, got it, got it. Okay. <laughs> All right, so moving on. Very similar to Toy Story. Uh, <laughs> because it's full of like family Christmas cheer. And toys. Know? Yeah, yeah, toys. <laughs> uh, Violent Night is getting a sequel. Uh, the Fuck director yeah. has said that it's in the works. They, there's no time frame yet, but yeah. they're working on a script and they, they, you know, they want to make sure it's right and they will be... Bringing back a Violent Night. I, as they should. Yep. It Like, I would love to see a new Violent Night every year. I don't even care. What was Home Alone <laughs> called? Uh, the second one. Wasn't it just Home Alone 2? Home Alone 2. No, there was like a sub name for oh, it. Oh. Uh, shit. Uh-huh. Was it Lost in New York? Yes. Okay. So they just need to like play off of that. Yes. So it's like Violent Night. Something in New York. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dashing through the snow. Did you do like another Christmas thing with it? I mean, I guess that's not yeah. really related to Lost in New York. Though. I know, but I just thought it'd be good. So, smashing. There you go. Your hoe. No. <laughs> <laughs> Slashing through the snow. Okay, that's a good one, right? I mean, yeah, but like, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. Okay. Either way, I'm excited for it. Yeah. I thought that movie was fucking great, and it's a it's perfect for having like a fun movie to watch around yeah. the holidays. That's not like your standard family bullshit. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, last in our little quickie section of news. Not that it's been that quick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Spider Man Noir is getting a live action series headed to Amazon Prime. So this will be set in 1930s New York, and it will not be associated with the Marvel universe or anything like that. That's it's going fair. to be its own universe mm-hmm. uh, for this character. So it's not Peter Parker. I am not familiar with the name of the character that plays Spider-Man Noir, but um, it will not be a Peter Parker, and it will be its own thing. And of course, as a Sony, they, they announced they were going to have multiple spinoffs that they were in works with mm-hmm. the other one's gonna be like what silk is it the uh silver oh there's a silk yes character yeah it was like uh it's like a spider-man character like a, uh, but it's a, a korean american woman yes or teenage girl cindy moon yes yeah i remember that name all right uh so that's it for our quickies uh we do have our Main topic. Okay. I just, I have something fun to say about okay. the Spider-Man noir. Okay. Would it be cool if Nick Cage played Spider-Man noir because he voiced him in Into the spider I mean, it, I feel like it has to happen. Right? Even though it's not related, yeah. it still would be, I mean, it would be really fun. fucking I mean, cool. He, I mean, let's be honest. He's been taking pretty much any role Anything, he can yeah. these days. So. <laughs> yeah. He might pay them to not do to it. Say, <laughs> not to say that he doesn't like deserve roles. Right. It's yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's been very lax about what he's taking. He's been days. keeping busy. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to see him yeah. do a, a TV series. I think that'd be great. <laughs> okay, that was it. I just want to make sure I added that. Um, yeah. And then, I mean, then they can, if they ever wanted to, with the MCU even, they could. Mm. Well, I guess that they're saying it's not connected, so I don't know. I mean, they can say it's not connected all they want, and then later just be like, well, I mean, it's kind of yeah. well, connected. Well, we lied. Yeah. 
same shit all the time. We just made it up because yeah. we didn't feel like explaining it. We didn't anything. want to explain it at the time, but now it makes sense, so we're going to tell you it's connected. Yeah. <laughs> there is a Spider-Man video game, like, I want to say it was like PS3, Xbox 360 era, where uh, it was Shattered Dimensions, where you played as three different Spider-Man characters, mm-hmm. and one of them was the Spider-Man Noir. And it's, it, mm-hmm. was, it was like more of the stealth concept of like sneaking up and taking enemies out rather yeah. than full-on battling agilic battling yeah yeah that's cool i think it was comic spider-man it was that one and then it was the 2099 spider-man where the three versions you played as mm. Is that you the kind one of jump between them he's got like a, a jean vest no oh no, no that's no. not that the one 2099 then. is what's in the next uh oh, animated okay. movie okay okay he's like blue and he's got like the red uh eye outline and then like yeah. the spider okay design gotcha yeah i don't know why i was assuming that the punk rock looking one was 29.9 no no that's like spider punk or something okay yeah weird name i know i oh. <laughs> would never have guessed <laughs> all right so our featured news piece this week is basically the outline of the new dcu chapter one it was announced um in a video from james gunn yeah. yeah, he took the literal last day yeah. of January yeah. to <laughs> to announce everything because he had said previously he would do that uh, in January, early, yeah. early twenty twenty three. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so immediately upon starting the video, he confirmed <laughs> that Matt Reeves' Batman, Joker two, and Teen Titans Go are not part of the DCU. So that was an easy answer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I thought it was clever how they how he worded things to kind of just like make it clear mm-hmm. without having to like actually say it yes exactly um so he did talk about how the remaining four movies that we're all aware of probably by this point are going to be in the dcu which is Zam 2 uh which he kind of is funny he mentioned he's like it's always been it's its own little pocket of the yeah, dcu kind of the same like it hasn't done enough to impact the yes. snyderverse that we can just kind of pluck it and put it into ours yes uh, so it'll be interesting whether that means that it takes place before or after flash right as far as the events yeah i'm kind of guessing before because then right after that he mentions flash and he said it that's how they're going to reset the whole dcu which is shocking how everybody, yeah, everybody knew that yeah it's just like <laughs> how they're gonna reset it will be the interesting one yes um and that'll take us into the uh, blue beetle movie mm-hmm. which um, was kind of uh, up in the air whether this is or isn't yeah. the old Snyderverse. Because it's got a lot of aesthetics that are very Snyderverse. But like mm-hmm. I guess technically doesn't have any connection. Yes. So they could easily use it for the DCU. Yes. Uh, and then, of course, it will be followed by Aquaman 2. Mm-hmm. Which we already knew about. So Yeah. And, and what he's established is that Aquaman 2 will essentially lead into the... Uh, new chapter mm-hmm. gods and monsters as he's referred to it as yeah which is funny because um wasn't that the working name of assassin's creed uh whatever the fuck they ended up calling it the like an- the the animated art style one that was after odyssey that was based on odyssey well it wasn't an assassin's creed game that was the um uh, but it was the same yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah i know what you're same talking studio. about the, the video game the, yes the video game the working title was gods and monsters and yes. then they changed it to whatever the fuck it is phoenix rising whatever phoenix right? rising yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah something like that yeah. yeah yeah um were they scared of like 
or was it like monster energy drink or some shit something, like supposedly yeah, yeah, yeah. warning monster, them about the, the use of the word monster stupid. yeah very Whatever. generic yeah i don't know it why. just reminded me of that anyway okay so the first piece of chapter one gods and monsters is creature commandos which is an animated series um and he made uh, a statement that this is going to be an example of characters moving in and out of animation basically where um animated characters you may see them there and you may also see them in live action and when they're animated it'll be the same voice actor as who plays them in live action so a little bit of continuity there so that means they have to like essentially put it in their contract when they when they cast these people that you will have to do these voices for the animated and live action side so i would assume what they're doing is they're picking people for casting intentionally for the live action side Mm -hmm. and then it's just kind of the the voice acting for the animation. It's just included. Even if that comes first, that's yeah. just kind of like, that's the sub priority. Yes. That's what it seems like to me. I don't really know much about this uh, Creature Commandos, but like, I felt like it's like, it's a, it, it feels to me like it's just another Guardians of the Galaxy type situation for DC. Yeah. yeah, I'm not familiar with it either. It just in the artwork that they showed in the video, it looked like just a bunch of random characters I'd never seen before. Mm-hmm. So it's... Seems like it's just going to be a way to introduce characters mm-hmm. and have them Obscure be like... characters, you yeah. know, kind of like another Suicide Squad type thing. Yes. That, I don't know but whether they're villains so, or not. Exactly. And then next up is Waller. Uh, it'll be a live action TV show, uh, which is obviously the story of Amanda Waller, played by Viola Davis. So we know that she'll be sticking around and she'll be teaming up with the Peacemaker team. Mm-hmm. And so we know that they will be sticking around. Yeah. Who's surprised? I mean... <laughs> And this is exactly what my concern was, right? With previous conversations, yes. it's like, do I do I want to see more of these characters? Absolutely. They yes. were great. Mm-hmm. But like, again, if you're doing this whole reboot bullshit as your argument, then like you can't have pick and choosing of who you want to come back. It just doesn't make sense. Unless one of the characters is your wife, apparently. Yeah. But again, <laughs> I mean, why wouldn't you have rebooted and let her be a... Like a, like a bigger character? Wonder Woman or something. You know, like yeah. somebody more yeah. important than some random agent yeah. in the government side of DCU. Yeah, fair. Um, I don't know. But, so yeah, we're getting Viola Davis back, it looks mm-hmm. like, as Waller, which is no surprise based off like the subplots yeah. of Peacemaker. She's so good at that character. Um, so, yeah, like, it's, it makes sense. But they haven't like, used her a lot, and that's a pretty big character as far as like the universe in the comics. Mm-hmm. So like, it makes sense they would want to contribute her character to like further stuff. But it just again, I don't. Yeah, I don't get it. Yeah, the decisions are making the, the lines seem arbitrary. Exactly. Yeah. Um, okay, and then next up we've got Superman Legacy, which will be a film. And it's, he said this one is the official start of the DCU. And it'll be it's being written by James Gunn himself. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we know from like previous like tweets that he's put out in the past that it's going to be not an origin story, mm-hmm. but it's going to be like his early days as Superman. They want to go younger with the character. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of weird because like the word legacy typically implies like my children or whatever, you know, like... I mean, I don't know if this is based off a comic called Superman Legacy or not. Yeah. So, um, I think it just, they want the tone specifically to be more traditional to the character rather yeah. than what Snyder had done. Had done, yeah. 
Um, he did mention where there was an official date they already have planned for this is July 11th, 2025 for a theater release. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting if they actually stick to that date yeah. or yeah. if they shift it. We should start like a tally of like how many times it's like pushed back. Things or are, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, next up, there's going to be Lanterns, which is going to be an HBO TV series. Mm-hmm. Um, which is another project that's carried over from the previous announcement right yes we knew there was going to be one mm-hmm. and my first thought was what's that mean for the lantern series yeah so one? it stays yeah <laughs> um, sound like they're rebooting how they're going to go about the show yes but... he described it as um well it's going to be the characters john stewart and hal jordan and he called them space cops which i guess is technically accurate um and he said it'll be something like true detective um but with the how how the space cops are dealing with whatever's mm-hmm. happening on the terrestrial side of yeah. the DCU. And he had referenced that the mysteries that they unfold will have some kind of correlation, I guess, or or tie-in mm-hmm. to the other properties yes. and, like, the bigger story. Yes. Which tells me that they're going to see, like, a big bad mm-hmm. from space coming. Yeah. I mean, that's... <laughs> yeah. I'm going to call Brainiac as the uh, the big bad. That's my theory. That makes sense. Although it's weird yeah, for me to... Because if you want... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, I think it's it's a little weird to think of Brainiac as the bad guy because of Supergirl. Oh. <laughs> I know that that's like completely yeah. wrong. But different, that's a different Brainiac, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, my, my instinct is because he is putting a focus on Superman as the first character he wants to tackle, mm-hmm. I feel like that's going to be like, he's the lead uh, for the DCU. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like you're big overarching enemy is going to be somebody tied to Superman. Yeah. So like I'm sure they're not gonna want to use Dark Side, right? Yeah. It's like, you know, they've kind of already done that and mm-hmm. it didn't go that well so yeah. far. Like they could they could go back to that in a later date, but I think they're gonna want to go with somebody different. And I think Brainiac is the most obvious. Mm-hmm. Especially since they're saying games are gonna tie in mm-hmm. to the universe now. And yeah. we have uh, what you call it, the Suicide Squad game mm-hmm. coming out. And then within the next year, and that's tied to Brainiac uh, taking over the superheroes. Are the Gotham Knights going to be like also part of that, or no? Probably not. Okay. I mean, I mean, that one's technically Suicide Squad could not be a part of it either because it okay. was in production before okay. his announcement to be the lead creative for okay. the DCU. So it could not have any relevance. But I am I am kind of suspicious that we're going to get Brainiac as the the lead. Okay. Arching villain. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. That's okay. Uh, and the next property he said will be the Authority, and it'll be a film, and it's going to be based on the marvelous Wildstorm characters. I'm assuming that's a comic run. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said it's a group of superheroes who think the world is broken and want to fix it by any means necessary, which sounds like they're going to be doing things that superheroes don't typically do. Mm-hmm. So that could be interesting. Not knowing anything about them. My first instinct is this feels like Eternals. It does, yeah. I think it's exciting to see there's going to be a bunch of new characters that (laughs) are going to be brought to the forefront. I mean, it looks like he wants to really focus on like the the no name, if Mm -hmm. you will, uh, characters of DC and kind of bring them to the forefront. Yeah. So they don't have to rely so much on Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Flash, Aquaman, you know, like we've gotten those. We're still going to get more of those, Mm -hmm. but like we don't have to make them the focus. We can have this broad world and have them interact with each other. Yes. And next up we have Paradise Lost, 
which will be a live-action TV series, which he described as basically Game of Thrones, but taking place on Themyscira. So um, that could be fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's going to be Wonder Woman's home world and, like, the struggles, I guess, of, like, who's in charge and battling each other We're or whatever the fuck. We're not going to see Wonder Woman, though, right? No. It, I right. think it's got to be, like, a pre-Wonder Woman situation. That's what I'm curious about. Because there's, like, an established hierarchy and there's not, like, wars happening on Themyscira whenever we see it with Wonder Woman. So... Logically, it seems like it would need mm. to be a prequel. Yeah. Not I officially, mean, but, you know, pre-period. The easy out is also if she's already out uh, on her own. Fair. Then you just never see her because she's not there. Maybe there's warring factions or like, some whatever bullshit. Maybe they'll bullshit. her character even by mm-hmm. referencing her and where she's at yeah. right now. But, like, we don't ever see that or until they Or they'll call her back to help with bring something. Bring her in. Yeah. yeah, that's true. That's true. And next on the plate is The Brave and the Bold, which is not a soap opera as much as it sounds like it is. <laughs> I mean, we well, could be giving them ideas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it'll be a film, but this is where we started to notice that they never said specifically if films were animated or live action. So yeah. I don't know if the assumption is that they're all live action, but they definitely specified for the TV series if they were live action or animated. Yeah, so. that was very interesting that they didn't do that with film. Um, so The Brave and the Bold will be uh, the introduction to uh, of Batman to the DCU. And it'll be the story of Batman and his uh, like biological son, Damian Wayne, who I think is in like, he's, there's, he's in animated properties already. Yeah, yeah basically. he's in the yeah. comics. Yeah, and, yeah he's, he's a big part. Yeah, he's oh, like he, he, an assassin or something and... Yeah. Batman has to like try to keep him in line, basically. Yeah, basically, right? he's yeah. got was it Razu Razu Ghoul? What's his name? Raz al Ghul. Raz al Ghul. Yeah. It's his grandfather. Okay. Got it. And I can't remember. Is it Talia? Is it Talia al Ghul? Is that his Is that the is that the woman? Yeah, that's I couldn't Raz- remember her name. Talia al Ghul is well there's two, depending on if you're talking about the They had about her Arrowverse. in the, the, the Nolan <laughs> Yeah uh Batman. Movie. That was Talia al Ghul. Okay, yeah. yeah. So yeah. she's his mother. Okay. That's that's basically tracks. Bruce and her had a thing, and mm-hmm. then they had a kid, and then yeah. he found out about it later uh-huh. after she's basically been training him okay. for years. And then he's a little assassin. asshat. And so because, he's basically yeah. like, he's okay with killing people. And so it's like Bruce having to like try try <laughs> and get to, to like to reach him that like his code of conduct of like, you don't kill people. You yeah. Know, we, yeah. And so it's like a, I guess a. Trying to be a father. A meshing of their, their ideals yeah and so yet another story that mm. and it, it it makes sense they're not going to go with one of the other robins right yeah we're we're, we're done with dick grayson God, thank God. and i'm sure that they're going to use him <laughs> as nightwing already and, yeah you know he's already going to be established at some point and mm-hmm. we'll, we'll get that character i'm sure yeah hopefully a less emo one but <laughs> hopefully <laughs> all right okay. uh so yeah, that one I'm in. I'm really curious to see if it's going to be live action or, or animated because mm-hmm. it would make sense that it went animated. Yeah. Because they said it's all going to be tied together anyway. So mm-hmm. they went animated, then that further separates it from the Batman yes. and what Matt Reeves is doing there. Mm-hmm. And so when they're done with that franchise, then they can then bring in this version of Batman live action. Yes. If they wanted to and not really worry about confusing people. Yes. Because, uh, like you said earlier, with the the what was it the command the commando the creature commandos? Yes, they're gonna basically be doing voicing and the role mm-hmm. live action, so they could do the same thing with that, where they can cast their Batman, yeah, their Damian Wayne, 
Mm -hmm. uh, for the live action and then just have them do the voices in the meantime until they bring them in live action. Yeah. I realized I had a typo in the notes and I put Domino Wayne. Yeah, it's fine. I... (laughs) I, I so, knew what it was. So, so now which... I'm wondering, I think it would be kind of fun if they gender swapped him. <laughs> People would be so mad probably though. Or since you said it was the Brave and the Bold is like a soap opera. Oh. That could be like the evil brother. There's a twin. The evil twin yeah, brother. Yeah, yeah. There you go. And then the real Damien is actually a very nice, pleasant He's boy. He's a nice boy. He's like studying to become an accountant. Yeah. <laughs> Something very, very Yeah. He's like, calm. Father, I could save you so much money if you just let me do it for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, after that, there's going to be <laughs> Booster Gold, an HBO Max live action series. Um, I've never heard of this one. See, I know this character like by name. I've heard of him many times, but I've never really had an exposure to him. I want to say... The Smallville series on CW back in the day mm-hmm. had him in it at one point, but mm-hmm. like I honestly couldn't tell you uh, uh, if I, I don't know anything about this character. So he described him as a superhero, or he's a loser from the future. Okay, who comes back? Okay, so I could relate. <laughs> um, he comes back to become a superhero with all of the knowledge that he has and blah de blah, mm-hmm. um, and essentially says he's imposter syndrome, the superhero. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> So he's coming back to like basically like be important. Be important because he knows he's coming back to help. What's gonna happen? Yeah, like he knows what's gonna happen. He's just gonna take advantage of like history to stop things. That's unclear whether he's gonna be a true hero or like an anti-hero type situation. He's taking advantage of it. Put a bet on this team to win. Yeah, yeah. So (laughs) now here's millions of dollars. I'm betting on them. Right. So I don't know, but it sounded like they were going for like the the good side of that. So he just came back in time to try to help people mm-hmm. with a good heart or whatever. But it could go either way, yeah. honestly. And then we have Supergirl: Woman of Tomorrow, which will be a film. And he said essentially this is going to be a different Supergirl than we've seen before. Typically, she was raised on a chunk of Krypton after it was destroyed and she's seen everyone she knows die basically mm. and she's just very jaded and kind of fucked up and so she'll be that person. Yeah. So two things come to mind with this. One, is this going to be the same actress that we're getting in The Flash as mm. Supergirl? Okay. Or are they going to do a completely different Supergirl? Because again, it doesn't matter if you're it's rebooting. It's got to be different. So it could theoretically be the same actress. Yeah. But uh, my instincts are they're going to recast. Yeah. Um... It would, that would just suck for her, though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it's happened before. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> and my other thought is Brainiac, because mm-hmm. this could tie into Brainiac being the, I mean, the reason that Krypton was destroyed. Yeah. And her maybe being manipulated by Brainiac. Mm-hmm. And that's like how she's brought to Earth or something. I don't know. Yeah. It will be very interesting. If they're they're using Supergirl to kind of transition from Superman to this character, or mm-hmm. if it's going to be like just they're both going to exist as a focus at some point mm-hmm. in the DCU, you know, I'm just I'm really curious, like what's the goal? Yeah, well, if they're trying to have a character that is relatable to relatable to young people, having the characteristics of someone who's kind of seen a lot of shit already in their life. Yeah. They might be trying to transition to Supergirl because the like innocent hopefulness that Superman mm-hmm. is supposed to embody isn't like 
in society so much these days. I mean, but isn't that the Snyderverse version of Superman, like, right there? So if you're trying to get away from that with Superman, then why would you try to go to it with Supergirl? Yeah, that's true. I don't know. My big question is, so is it implied that she's living on the chunk of Krypton, or she just survived on a chunk of the Krypton and then found her way to Earth? Because the way I'm asking is because the, the plot point of Supergirl is... She's technically older than Superman, mm-hmm. but because she's in essentially a cryo state, yes, until she hits Earth, yeah, she ends up younger than him right. when she arrives. Yes. So, how's that age thing gonna play out with this? Well, if she's never put in a cryo state, potentially, mm-hmm. will she then be older than him or younger than him? Unless they're gonna explain it with something to do with like the the time passing differently and. On Krypton, I don't know. They could do something uh, like that. I mean, I guess they it's could. messy, that, but that they could. That wouldn't make any sense, but well, because it's like if they, or if they had something like the different dimensions or whatever, like time passes differently when you go to a different dimension because mm. of the different frequencies and all that bullshit that they talked about. I guess if they put her in the Phantom Zone, that would be the only argument you can make for time yeah. changing. So but maybe like, that chunk. So Brainiac puts her there. Well, because mm-hmm. possibly. Or, like, what happened in Supergirl is she was in a pod and she got stuck in the Phantom Zone. And so, maybe the chunk of Krypton gets stuck in the Phantom Zone somehow. Jump of the CW series? Yeah, yeah. I, wasn't she just, like, sent there by, like, one of the villains, but using the device that opens up the Phantom Zone? Didn't they, like, send her there and then, like, the device got destroyed? She got stuck in the Phantom Zone whenever her parents sent her off of Krypton. To, they sent her after her cousin. And then she somehow ended up in the Phantom Zone, didn't she? I don't recall that. Am I crazy? That show? Because I thought that was why it took her so long to get to Earth. <laughs> Whatever. It doesn't I matter. I don't know. Okay. Fine. But that's not relevant anymore. It's not. They're in the CW stuff. And, I know. Yeah. I which just... ironically is weird because they made the whole Flash season. Mm-hmm. What, was, what was that whole event that they did a couple years ago? Where they literally Crisis. had Ezra Miller's Flash yeah. show about the cameo. Crisis on Infinite Earths. Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yes. So like... They they basically said these shows are all connected Related. to yeah. to Ezra Miller's Flash in the DCEU mm-hmm. at the time. And so if you're then going to stick with that character mm-hmm. as the Flash, yeah. by that logic, those are still all a part of the DCU now. Yeah. So that's very murky in my opinion, but yeah, I'm the sure thing the, is complicated. the general audience isn't going to know that and yeah. they're not going to care because of that. Right. But I'll know the truth. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Me and Buster Gold. Yeah. Or Booster Gold. Buster, Buster. Gold. <laughs> they need to they cast the what's his cast name Tony from... Hale to play Booster and he's Gold. Got the claw. The cl- <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> that would be so good. Arrested Development. Oh man, uh, I want that so bad. Character. I'm gonna hate that show now because it's not gonna be him. Buster Gold. <laughs> Like, okay, hmm, we're this just is the time we for just Buster have Gold. We just have to wait till that comes out and then like make that yeah. combination picture. It's gonna be and great. And he like tries to like use his knowledge, but he keeps fucking. He it keeps up. fucking it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, the last thing on the list and that sidekick seal or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the last thing that James Gunn told us about is that the final uh, piece of information that he gave us, at least, was for Swamp Thing, the film. And he said it'll be a dark horror story, which is, quote, totally outside of the rest of the DCU, 
but will still feed into their stories. So even though he specifically said this is the start of the DCU and gave all this stuff, now he says this is outside of the DCU. The rest of the DCU, but like I don't know. It's very confusing what he's yeah. saying because he because he said anything that's not directly tied to the DCU will be labeled an Elseworld story. Yes, which implies the Batman, the mm-hmm. Joker series of mm-hmm. movies. I think it was like a cartoon that he said was going to be in that label. Mm-hmm. So by that logic, Swamp Thing is then an Elseworld story. But yes, he could also technically be saying it's in the DCU. But the story they're going to go with in this movie will have no connections directly to anything within the DCU at the moment. And then the character will tie in at some point later. That's important, but not right now. Yeah, because it sounds like there's going to be connections, but indirect. So that's what I think you might be. He might just be defining that it's a separate subcategory within the DCU that is not directly involving other DCU characters. Mm Mm-hmm. It'll just be the impact of whatever happens can affect other characters, potentially. Yeah. So, and that's it. All right. That's chapter one. Yeah. So. But he did say. How many years? Did did they even reference how many years it would take to get through all these? No. The first chapter? He did not. But also, I want to be clear, he did say that this was not everything. Yes, that's true. He did. Yeah. This is just everything he told us about. Yeah. So, there's going to be more to it. Okay. That's a lot of stuff, though. It is. So hopefully this goes well. And interestingly, we didn't get anything about the Suicide Squad. You're right. We didn't. But here's the thing. Technically, that means that's canon because... Peacemaker. Peace, pe- peacemaker. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So Unless they're going to draw an arbitrary line, which they could. <laughs> it's just like... Yeah. So technically, that Harley Quinn is also canon. Oh, shit. That's true. So it's just like... But again, like you said, with the Flash situation, they drew an arbitrary line. So yeah. All right. they probably will do the same thing. I like rules. <laughs> Said no one ever. Draw and color within the lines, okay? (laughs) I will fail you if you do not follow my instructions. Yeah. All right. That is our featurette of the DCU announcement. Yes. From James Gunn. Yeah. All right. We do have some trailers. Not going to get really deep into these like we do typically with like Marvel trailers Mm -hmm. and stuff, but just kind of want showcase them for people they haven't checked them out yet kind of give our little thoughts on them and uh, whether we're excited for them or not so first up mandalorian season three uh we got a release date for march 1st on disney plus i'm kind of excited about this one mm-hmm. slight spoilers i guess you could say for this um one of my first thoughts was like i thought it was interesting that they kind of show grogu with the mandalorian uh, yeah. in this trailer because the last we see of season two is they kind of go their separate ways within the plot. And so I'm kind of surprised they, they, they're showing that because I feel like it, it's going to confuse people who haven't seen other properties that kind of tie into the story and all that stuff. Yeah. It just seemed like an odd thing to do, I guess. I guess their idea is maybe to encourage you to go watch the other properties that will tie in. But that's kind of getting into like the murky stuff of like the Marvel Disney shows and the movies and, like, what isn't isn't important to watch to, like, really yeah. grasp what's happening everywhere. It does also kind of make watching uh, the Boba Fett series a required component of understanding this whole story. Exactly. I, I, yeah. I, I was trying to avoid that. But, like... Oh. No, no, no. I mean, okay. you're, 
that's the only thing that really is. Yeah. And it's like, it was odd that they did so much of a storyline for The Mandalorian within that show. Mm-hmm. And now you're seeing those kind of plot points that played out in that show being kind of the a heavy factor in this trailer already. Yes. And so, like, I feel like the casual viewer who didn't go watch Boba Fett is going to be like, oh, uh, what? When did that happen? Like, yeah. <laughs> what's happened since then? So, like, I feel like they're going to have to at least have to do some kind of flashback summary stuff of those events to yeah. to catch people up. Um, but it's nice to see we're going to get our, like, typical Grogu-Mandalorian relationship, it looks like. Mm-hmm. Looks like Grogu's a little bit more active i guess you would say a little bit more of a participant in the story rather than just kind of a uh item that needs to be <laughs> yeah uh, protected and transported, protected and transported. Yeah. exactly but and it also seems like he maybe has gained a little bit more control of his powers yes which is which very we, helpful we see t's at the end there yeah one thing i did notice too was they had a moment where we see like four or so looking like jedis mm-hmm. and i thought that was interesting because like that to me that's got to be a flashback right of the Order 66 and mm-hmm. the, the the Jedi Temple or whatever being attacked yeah. by the Stormtroopers. Yeah, it definitely seems... Or I guess seems... Clone Troopers at the time, sorry. I feel like this, the lighting of that scene and everything was very off from the mm-hmm. rest of the trailers. Yeah, it didn't so... feel like it was anywhere they would have been on the show. Yeah. So I, I, I'm kind of excited to see if we're getting backstory as far as what happened to Gragu, where he was, mm-hmm. how he got out of that situation, because mm-hmm. that's all kind of lingering mystery as far as we know. Yeah. Uh, how he survived that. True. That would be interesting to learn exactly how he made it out of that situation. And then we see uh, Mando saying, I'm going to return to Mandalore to ask, what is it, uh, to be forgiven for my transgressions or something, mm-hmm. right? Um. I'm curious if that was something that's going to have happened in the show. Is he referring to something that's already happened? I always kind of yeah. To me, I just assumed it was like, "Hey, forgive me for taking my helmet off or whatever." But okay, um, it could be something. If it's some, that seems kind of yeah. He was kind of shunned, wasn't he? Yeah, that for the helmet because that armor lady was all mad and Uh she was like, "You're no longer a Mandalorian or whatever," which is so dumb. You're not invited to my birthday party. Exactly. Um, so I kind of assumed it was related to that because she was in the scene right before he said that, mm-hmm. but it could just be that they're leading us to say that or think that, and mm. it's actually something else. Who knows? Yeah. Well, if that's what they're doing, I'm going to sue them. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and we get millions of dollars for it. Sounds that's great. that's allowed now. That's great. We should, uh, we should do that so we could, uh, buy some stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I couldn't think Keeping of it vague. I couldn't think of just anything so that, more specific. That they can't screw us over. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's Mandalorian season three. Very excited. I didn't realize it was coming out so soon. So, like, what? Le- less than a month. Yeah. Same. Was... All right. Uh, Shazam two Fury is it Fury of the Gods? Yes. Is the title for this one. Mm-hmm. So the premise we're getting is that uh, apparently the powers that they have as Shazam are were stolen from the daughters of Atlas, or at least their father. That yeah, they think it was stolen from whatever they were like. They're saying that they have the power of Atlas or some shit like that. And mm-hmm. anyway, I think it was interesting because this is the first time I truly understood what the plot is in this movie. That's true. That is true. <laughs> because there's always been very vague, yeah. and there's these two like sorceress ladies who are mad at them, and I'm like, oh okay, yeah. I didn't really understand what was going on, yeah. and now I feel like I understand. Honestly, I was not really that excited about Shazam too. Like yeah. it just everything we've seen so far, I was like, oh, okay, like, yeah. 
it, there's nothing that's really grabbing me. And to be honest, I, I can't say there's really anything here that is grabbing me anymore. Yeah. Um, it's nice, like you said, to kind of have more of a grasp of what we're going to see mm-hmm. as far as Like the why they're mad at him. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like... <laughs> um, the, kind of what I also got was like, there was a moment where he was, it felt like he needed the full power of Shazam. So it, it kind of seems like, at least the way I'm interpreting it, is he's going to take back the powers from all of his siblings. foster siblings. Yeah. And to get to the full power he can be to take out, I assume, the dragon that we're seeing throughout this trailer. Yeah. It felt like that was, like, the big battle. Yeah. Like, ending, you know, third act battle. But, like, they showed so much of that There's... in this trailer that I feel like, is it? Is is there something different? Is that, like, just, like, an early part of the, the movie? Because, like, it feels weird they would show so much of that if that was Yeah, the case. I, I feel like there might be more to it than that since how... Because, like you said, they showed so much of it. Mm-hmm. So, um, I am not like rushing out until I get pre reserved seats for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a movie like we'll see, but I'm not yeah. in any rush. And I don't know if that's because it doesn't feel like it matters anymore. Yeah. Or if it was just kind of like, I don't know. Like, I really did like the, sh- the first Shazam. Like, mm-hmm. it was fun, it was playful, but like, this one I'm just not that thrilled for. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure I'll probably enjoy it when I see it, but mm-hmm. I just don't have any reason to be really hyped for it right same so um, but i am glad that i kind of have some slight understanding of what's going on now mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> all right uh we saw a trailer for dungeons and dragons which i guess was like trailer two we've seen one yeah. a while back but mm-hmm. we got another look at it um it doesn't feel that excited i don't no. i'm not excited for this one it, it feels very forced as far as the humor yeah, uh, I don't know the source material. So, like, maybe it's just because I, mean, I, I don't either. But Like, I might not be getting the things that I'm supposed to be feeling when I see this because I don't know the source yeah, maybe material. Yeah, we just don't have the nostalgia for what Dragons and Dungeons... Dungeons and Dragons... <laughs> no. Dragons and Dungeons. This is a different one, okay? okay? <laughs> yeah, and then, like... Dungeons what... and Dragons is a completely so different arc. Than... one of the dragons in this was, like, obese... Like, it, yes. it seemed like it could barely move around, and it was just, like, sliding down the hill trying like, to chomp on I them. I don't know if that's supposed to be part of the humor. Or if it was... like, it was, like... It was uh, confusing. <laughs> it didn't seem like the dragon was capable of taking on yeah. pretty much anybody. Like, some of the jokes felt forced. Um, yeah. I also forgot that uh, Roger Jean Page is in uh, this, who was in uh, Bridgerton yeah. as the Duke. Yeah. There were some cool moments where, like, creatively, where, like, he, like, opened up, like, a... A hole in the ground and then like basically it was like the Stranger Things effect yes. of the latest season where another, another realm, realm I guess yeah. on the other side and so like what's the ceiling of one is the floor of the other yeah. type thing. I think it'll be cool to check out but I'm not going to be rushing to theaters. I'm honestly might, might wait for streaming for this depending on the situation. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm not sure I really care that much. Yeah. Like it, I would watch it streaming for yeah, sure. It I feels just... <laughs> like it's going to be at the the tier of the the reboot of the power rangers movie that we got years ago <laughs> yeah where like it looked like it was supposed to be some really great reboot of it but it just like it was a dud in my opinion yeah so, yeah i don't i'm not having high expectations of this one <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i'm sure people who are familiar with the the franchise will have understood like jokes or easter eggs that were throughout that this we trailer. missed like yeah. there's the chest that opens up and has a mouth like that felt like Something I've even seen in like Final Fantasy games mm-hmm. and stuff. So like maybe that's like a trope of the fantasy genre. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. 
All right, Fast 10, the latest in the Fast and Furious. We got a trailer for this a few days before the Super Bowl, yeah. which is today. So we'll yeah. next episode we talk about, I'm sure, trailer drops for the Super Bowl. Yeah. But um, I was very surprised that we got a trailer drop before the Super Bowl mm-hmm. instead of at the Super Bowl. Yes. And uh, maybe that's just because they didn't want to spend that kind of money on it. Yeah. <laughs> this is... What, what was the drama with this one? The, the uh, director left. They were like on hold, paying like millions of dollars a day or something crazy. Yeah. Trying to keep the project going without right. actually doing anything. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Maybe they're trying to save money now. Maybe. Yeah. Um, this this trailer revealed that basically it looks like for this movie they brought back everyone who's ever been in a Fast and the Furious movie mm-hmm. ever once. Mm-hmm. Um, there was like a janitor in the background of like the yeah. third movie. And yeah, and they're, they're like, like you "Oh, you're what? now a villain. You're now a villain who has a very <laughs> dramatic backstory about why you hate family, family in general. <laughs> Not even them, just, just the concept the of their they, family. The fact that they have a family now yeah. they're your enemies. You're yeah. like, I don't have a problem with you, Dom, but the fact that you have a family <laughs> that's pisses gotta, me that's off. It's got to stop. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. The whole backstory is that <laughs> Dom drew when he was like young uh-huh. a picture of his family yeah. on a piece of paper. Yeah. But then it got thrown away. Uh-huh. And then the janitor was was dumping the trash out and uh-huh. the piece of paper fell out and he saw a family. Yeah. And then you find out that his family was just killed the day before. Yeah. And he's already back at and work. So he's pissed off that yeah. he had to be reminded of his he's family. He's like, I will ruin this kid's life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> In 20 years. <laughs> Uh, fast and furiously yeah i guess pretty slow but yeah well it's just delayed <laughs> yeah but it'll be fast and furious the, when the it's slow and steady wins the race yeah exactly yeah <laughs> then it's um, revealed that he is the winner of the race at the end yeah because he was slow about it <laughs> so um so that's the movie yeah um, that sounds like that's the movie yeah i I've lost interest in these movies. I've, I've already <laughs> lost interest movies ago. But you lost interest? Yeah, I lost interest several movies ago. I never had interest, maybe? That's yeah. probably what it was. Okay. I would go see them just as a group. Okay. But I was. it was never like, oh, I want to go see this movie. I never cared about <laughs> the early ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then when they started going like the extreme... The ridiculousness. Yeah, scenario yeah. of it all. Yes. And then that's when I kind of got a little bit more into it. And my friends have kind of... We've grown this like tradition of going yes. to see... The movie in theaters with yeah. a NOS energy drink. Right. Maybe some vodka involved. Yeah. May, may or may not be. Um, yeah. So I, I've liked the experience of partaking as mm-hmm. like the group situation, but I'm not yeah. there for the movie. Yeah. I will say, <laughs> I feel like I haven't seen anything in this trailer that like tops the insanity that we've seen in other movies yeah, so far, like, which they typically go in the trailer and show. Yeah. Like there's the moment where... They have the two helicopters. Yes. Uh, shoot the like the cables into Dom's the like harpoon vehicle. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. and then he does the turbo boost. What the fuck? Not yeah. stuff. And then he launches in off the bridge. Yeah. And, he and then he the slams them together. into each other. I'm like that because, was fun and ridiculous. And yeah. It's like that that doesn't make any sense. But yeah. Maybe it, they're actually it's on par. Yeah. But like the fact that they even showed that means there's gotta be there's something gotta be something more worse insane yeah. than that, right? Yeah, I'm sure it's gonna be just deliciously ridiculous. Deliciously <laughs> ridiculous. I yeah. hope that's like a a critic quote. Yeah. For like the movie, like TV spot. Yeah, I mean, you could make it one. Yeah. 
<laughs> deliciously ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Dissecting this fiction. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tweet that out to them. Yeah. I'll just tweet. I'll tweet out my quote. Yeah. To the Twitter account for Fast Ten. Perfect. Yeah. Look for Do it. we know for sure that this is the last one? <laughs> I mean, they say that, right? But, but they say that knows? every time, I yeah. feel like. So that's the only thing is like, I like the idea of being able to get a conclusion to the situation. It's also insane that they they didn't just bring back everybody that's ever been in the movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like they brought like a whole new arsenal of characters too. Yes. You know, we've got Jason Momoa, mm-hmm. Brie Larson are in this now. Yeah. Um, one thing I did notice too was John Cena's character... I, I guess we have to go back. Mm-hmm. By we, I mean I. Yeah. And go rewatch the last movie because, yeah. and spoilers, I guess. Sorry if you haven't seen the last one, but like, the last I checked, he was a villain and still a villain at yeah. the end of that movie. Like, yeah. But in this, it's very clear that he's working with Dom, trying yeah. to help him. Yeah, enemy of my enemy situation. And it's I like imagine. I'm not really understanding how they're like on good terms in this. So yeah. I, I, did I miss something? Are we going to be explained that during this movie? Like it just—it was odd, I guess, placement to have that in this trailer. Yeah. But maybe that's the point: is the the people that know these movies are going to be confused, and then it gets them more interested in right finding out why. True. But like, if you know these movies, you you, you are already sold. Yeah. You don't need to give us a plot. Yeah. <laughs> we already know what it's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to keep bringing back every single actor that's ever been in it. It's still going to be the same yeah. ridiculousness. Anyways. Yeah. So, I'm excited for this. It comes out in May. Yeah. Like I said, I'll be seeing it with, with the, the guys. And of course. Drinking our NOS energy drinks. Yeah. Fast and furiously, of course. Of course. All right. Last in our trailers, we have a movie called Strays. Which I, I just, this popped up. The other day, mm-hmm. it's a R-rated trailer. And an animated. No, it's not. Never no. Mind. Okay, okay. Well, par- partially, I guess. Partially, yeah. So it's a adult comedy, I guess you would say. Yeah. Uh, about a dog played by Will Ferrell, <laughs> who... Who looks kind of like Baxter from yeah, Anchorman. Yeah, and he's abandoned by his owner. Yeah. And becomes a stray, and he meets these other dogs who are also strays. Yeah. Played by, I don't know, like, Jamie Foxx, I think, was one of them. Uh, the other one I'm was... not sure who the other voices were. So, basically, he decides he's going to go back and bite the dick off of his <laughs> previous owner who abandoned him. Who was Will Forte, right? Yeah. yeah. Will Forte yeah. was his owner. <laughs> um, Randall Park. Okay. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. He was the uh, therapy dog, right? I don't know. Oh, I recognized his voice. Okay. I think the only voices I recognized were Will Ferrell and Jamie Foxx. I okay. didn't recognize the other voices. I recognized so. his voice, but now I'm not remembering who okay. he was. So yeah, there's other yeah. dogs. And I, what was odd though was like the therapy dog. So like these all these dogs are all supposed to be strays. They don't right? look like strays. But like he's got like uh, a the cone, cone yeah. on. So I'm like confused. Like why why does he have a cone if he's a stray? Like, he obviously escaped or something. I guess that makes Okay, maybe. But like still, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. And they, these dogs look very well groomed for being strays yeah. by the way very yeah they're they don't look like strays yeah but it, it, it was funny i, I yeah. loved the, the the humor in this you know you had jamie fox's dog walking by a, a window seeing his reflection and talking shit to the dog yeah and then will ferrell 
that dog. I, I don't remember what he's going by. What's the dog's name? Uh, shit, I don't Whatever, remember. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Anyways, yeah. Will Ferrell <laughs> yeah. as a dog. Yeah. He's like narrating and, and reacting to it like, like <laughs> we don't need this to escalate or anything. Like, something like that. Like, it's, it's really funny. Like, he's clearly like thinking there's Reggie. also a dog. Reggie is his name. Yeah, it's like, yeah. I don't know. And then there was that, the whole humping thing where he's like yeah. being taught how to hump things. And he's humping <laughs> a gnome. And they're he's like, like, tell him you're his daddy yeah, or whatever. Tell, tell him you're his daddy. And he's like, uh, he's like I'm I, your father. I, <laughs> nice to meet you. I'm your father. Something like that. Yeah. And, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Isla Fisher is one of the other voices too. I think she's the, uh, I don't remember. But yeah, she's one, one of the voices. One of, one of the dogs. Yeah, one of the dogs. So odd. Whatever. I hope there's a cat in this movie. There's got to be. Like a like a, a pack of evil cats. Not mm-hmm. evil cats, but like. But like they're but like yeah yeah like a, another gang of animals that are strays that are like their enemy yeah you know kind of like uh anchorman does with like the newscast yes groups. yes exactly but like yeah the like cats that are just trying to fuck them up mm-hmm. they're pretty funny yeah uh funny the director for this was also the director of barb and star go to vista del mar okay yeah that, that explains kind of why i enjoy the humor then yes i thought that movie was pretty funny yeah didn't have high hopes when we saw the trailer, but I actually really enjoyed that movie. Yeah. Yeah. So this, I was like trying not to cry laughing watching this trailer, so I'm definitely yeah. interested. Okay. You know me. A talking animal really gets me, especially if it's funny. Yeah, that's true. True. <laughs> All right. Let's get into our reviews for the episode. Yes. Here's how our rating system works. If we hated something, we'll burn it. If it was just okay or we're neutral, we're going to slice it. If we absolutely love the shit out of it, we're going to dissect it. And if all of us dissect it, we're, we're DTF. DTF. Fucking nailed that. Yeah. We really it just re- destroyed that Yeah, one. that was really good considering our break. <laughs> really good. Yeah. Excellent. Probably like the standard. Yeah. Of those kind of moments. Yep. <laughs> all right. First up, uh, this is a little bit older. It came out on Netflix uh, late December called Alice in Borderland. It's a season two for the show. Uh, basic premise is a shit ton of people in Japan uh, are transported to an alternate, like what seems to be an alternate like timeline of the world. Okay. And so like everybody else is just gone and you just have whoever the people that are still there are basically forced to do these games and it's kind of like a, a Saul type thing where you either have to be the best or you're going to die type mm-hmm. thing. Uh, you have to survive these games. And it's like the the lingering promise of if I keep winning, will I be able to go back to like the normal world? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's the premise of season one. Season two kind of like took a spin on that and it went a little bit, went less mystery of what's going on to more of a... I guess it went from like more Saw to more uh, Hunger Games. Yeah. Okay. I guess I. It's very. I don't know. It's it's it feels season two feels like a completely different show than season one did, but equally as good. Like the character development, the way that they, they interact, the the plot points. It's it's all really good, but like it feels like a completely different show mm-hmm. than it was in the first season. Yeah. And I don't know if that's just like they're like, we have to really top what we've done. This is based off of a, a manga, a Japanese mm-hmm. manga. So um, 
I'm not familiar with like the the plot, whether or not it's changed drastically from the manga, but like I really did enjoy this, and I think it's I think it's over. There might be a season three, but like if it goes that route, I feel like it would have to be different characters based off everything that's happened. Is this the one where I walked in and it was like people were wearing these fucking collars and they had yes. to like guess numbers on the back of their shit? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That yeah, that was yeah. So okay. Yeah, so they, they're in these games that they have to basically either work together or work against each other to survive. Right. And so it's like they're based off the deck of cards. And so like the first season was just number cards. Mm-hmm. And then like the type of, it was like heart, diamond, you know, whatever. Whatever the type of, of card it was gave it a certain type of a game. Okay. And so basically season two has gone into now they are doing face cards so jack queen king uh are now these new levels of of games that they have to play okay a little bit more intense and like season one was more like at this time you got to show up to play this game this one is more like season two is more like you are in this open world and it's just constantly chaotic and you're Mm -hmm. actively in the game the whole area is the game now you're not just going to a game in between rests like you are just always in the game got it okay and it's up to you to either avoid danger or to i guess it's like i guess walking dead okay is a way to like i guess describe where they are yeah in this season and like it's just like it's like everything's a mess and yeah. yeah i don't it it's a really good show I've, I've had a lot of fun with it my only complaint i would say is some of these episodes are extremely fucking long mm-hmm. and like they feel like an entire movie some some episodes yeah i saw the wikipedia said like 41 to 80 minutes i was like jesus 80 yeah. minutes seems excessive it's, yeah some some episodes are really long and I didn't really realize that until I was like, how long has this episode been on like, for? Is not over yet? I was like, am I on a new episode? And then like, yeah, I'd be like, what the fuck? I'm like halfway through and yeah. it's been like a typical episode length already. Yeah. So yeah, I definitely would enjoy, uh, I would recommend this to people who are, are interested in this kind of a, a style. Uh, it's, for me, it was a large slice. Okay, cool. Uh, we also checked out The Witcher Blood Origin. This dropped on Netflix December 25th, and it was created by Declan DeBara with Lauren Hissrick, who is the showrunner for The Witcher. And it had four episodes between 43 minutes and 64 minutes each. It's kind of wildly variable as well. And the show essentially tells, uh, it's, it takes place 1,200 years before The Witcher, and it tells the story of the creation of the first prototype Witcher and the events that lead up to what happens when you see the Witcher, basically why the Witcher, the first Witcher was created and the events that lead to that event. There's just a lot of story points that happen of a various, like a crew of different people that come yeah. from different backgrounds working together to, for one common goal. And it's difficult to discuss without giving any yeah. details. So, In simple terms, I feel like this was like Netflix's way of trying to make a Lord of the Rings as a show, mm-hmm. maybe it was their way of trying to compete with the uh, Amazon series and what they were kind of doing. But, like, it was a much smaller scale. It was, like, what, four episodes? I feel like they yeah. could have done a lot more yeah. than what they gave us. It was very odd because it was only having four episodes, I felt like they had this weird problem where they were actually going too fast with the storytelling mm-hmm. with only having four episodes. And I felt like they could have 
made this like a, a more typical season length instead of calling it a mini series and had it a little bit more uh like I guess drawn out instead of jumping to like yeah I think having the it next be plot point and like it just felt like there was a lot of stuff missing I think having it being six episodes probably would have been a little better and a little uh, more clearly delineated and yeah at a better pace mm-hmm I liked some of the characters though. I felt like they had some cool interactions. I, uh, you know, like there was clearly backstories with some of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of them were elves, and they felt like there was like different factions of elves, and they yeah. kind of were like, I won't say at war. Well, they were, I guess, yeah, they at, were war. At war. They, they were at war yeah. with each other, <laughs> and so like it was interesting to see that. And then like, and then you go over to like the Witcher show, and then it's like elves are deemed as like this like basically like thing that don't really exist much anymore. Right. And so it's kind of like where. How did we go from here to there? So, like, that mystery was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. But that's not really even something that they kind of get into with this. So No. I feel like Michelle Yeoh was kind of underutilized in this. Yes. And, like, having somebody like her, I was like, oh, this is really exciting. And, mm-hmm. like, they didn't really do a whole lot with her character. And I felt like it was more maybe just the branding of saying we have her versus then actually using her character yeah. to, to give us something great. Yeah. <laughs> with that casting. True. She did. She was really badass in her role. So I think, but I agree that, that it seems like it would have been cool to see more um, of her and her type of her people, essentially. But she mm-hmm. comes. Her, she was also a form of elf, right? She was a form of elf, but yeah. she was okay. like a quote unquote lost clan or ghost clan. So mm-hmm. she was one of very few or possibly the only one left. I don't know. But uh, they were basically all elves except for there was one dwarf, right? Um, pr- probably. It was mostly elves. Yeah. Yeah. That's a fair assessment. <laughs> okay. I don't know. It, it. I felt like everything went too fast with this one. Um, There were some things I liked about it. I felt like they could have done better with it. I don't know. Four episodes didn't feel like it was that much. Uh, in the end, it felt like it was just essentially um, like spark notes, I guess you would say. Like some kind of like overview mm-hmm. of... A subplot you're going to need to know to go into the next season for The Witcher is mm-hmm. what it felt like to me by the end. Yeah, and, that's fair. And maybe that's going to benefit people like me who don't know the books or the games that, that mm-hmm. will, you know, if season three is covering something from those. Yeah. But it, I guess I felt like this was, in my head, this was supposed to be something different and it didn't feel like it was treated like its own thing. It just came off to me as something that was just thrown together. So that they could catch you up for characters that may show up in the the next Witcher show. Yeah, it definitely seemed like a quick overview of a historical event in the Witcher universe. Um, I think they could have done more with it, but maybe they were playing it safe, not wanting to get too deep Mm. into the weeds for people that don't care. Yeah. For me, it's... I'm not going to say it's a burn it. I'll say it's a small slice. But like, the smallest of slices possible. Yeah, a sliver. Yeah. Um, it was a large slice of for me. I still really enjoyed it. I really liked to see the history of that universe in like on screen rather than just imagining it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was interesting how they tied it in with the Witcher universe and where we're at on Netflix specifically, not just with the canon. I will say I think it, and I don't know if it was intentional, but I will say I do feel like it did maybe help me understand season two a little bit better. Mm-hmm. retroactively yeah Based, i could see that like just like 
because like they had those like tower things in season two mm-hmm. and like i didn't really quite get what the fuck those and were. now you have a better and idea. now i have a little bit more of a grasp of what those are are what their purpose is exactly based off this so yeah i don't know i felt like they were just kind of leading up with certain characters and the plot point and then it just like didn't go anywhere by the end and so that was kind of a bummer i felt like okay all right are you done or? yeah okay next up we have the last of us we're getting to talk about that finally. Mm-hmm. Um, HBO Max had this drop on January 15th of this year. It was created by Craig Mazin and Neil Druckmann. Mm-hmm. And it's going to have nine episodes, but we haven't had all of them yet. They're between 45 to 81 minutes each. Um, main stars. Yeah, we've had some of those long episodes. Yeah, already. we have. Um, main stars, obviously, are Pedro Pascal and um, Bella Ramsey. Um, there's a bunch of other supporting characters, but those are the two that we see the most of mm-hmm. yeah so this is based off of a video game yes a sony playstation game and an exclusive and it's very interesting because with this one they do stick very closely to the source material even to the point of which i could consider maybe a negative where some of the scenes are just directly to the point that like the dialogue is basically just stripped exactly from the game and put into the show mm. I guess that doesn't necessarily hurt it, but like I guess for me, I perceive that as like I, I don't know lazy. Not to like say it's a terrible show now because of that, but like I am kind of surprised they didn't try to do their own dialogue or at least change it a bit instead of just taking directly from the game. Right. But overall, like it's been great cinematography. The show's. It looks, it feels like The Last of Us does in the games. Uh, even some of the scenes are very spot on, like mm-hmm. scene to scene. I've seen a lot angle. of... Like the, you know, there's a moment where you see them driving from the perspective of the backseat. Mm-hmm. And like, that's stripped straight from the game. Mm-hmm. It looks very cool. You know, I'm always vocal about my opinions on like Resident Evil as adaptations from the games and I will say this is probably League not probably this is Leagues better this is exactly what I want to see Mm -hmm. and I do love that The Last of Us shows that you can do that Mm -hmm. not only with video with a video game but a video game which is essentially the same concept of a post-apocalyptic zombie world type setup and um I'm really pleasantly surprised by this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, with my minor gripes, I, I have really enjoyed it. And I will say, where they have steered kind of and changed source material from the game, I've actually kind of enjoyed where they've done that. Because they're doing it in specific spots where it doesn't have any true impact on the overall story that they're telling. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't really matter versus other things that we've seen games turn to like movies or shows do where they completely change the plot mm-hmm. just so that they can say that they're doing their own thing. Mm-hmm. And like this, they had like weird changes where they, it's no longer an airborne thing in the show. It's in the game. It was an airborne mm-hmm. uh, thing. So they had to wear gas masks and stuff whenever they went through certain areas that had the, the, the spores mm-hmm. and the show, they changed it to like uh this weird fungus tentacle thing where yeah they are collectively it was a little bit of a stretch because they do have something they described it as uh, i want to say they said it was hyphae that fungi do have that that they can break mm-hmm. off 
pieces of to become spores. So they kind of sort of played imply on. that it's that, but they don't yeah. say it's that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I assume that the reason they did it was just budgetary reasons so that they didn't have to like, one, put a bunch of CGI spores into an area for the show. And two, they don't have to like cover the actors' faces if right. they want to like show their faces, which is ironic because yeah. we have Pedro Pascal who <laughs> yeah. is the Mandalorian. Yeah. You know, covers his face with a helmet a lot of that show, or at least early on he did. And so like you know it's not him saying, I have to show my face. It's like right. So that that was kind of interesting that they don't really for that reason, they don't show the the traditional spores and stuff. But yeah. um the beat for beat is really well with this show, and I'm I'm enjoying it. There there's been a little bit of lags with some of the stuff, but like my biggest concern was the relationship that we were gonna get between Joel and Ellie. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I would I will say I was very hesitant to see uh, Bella Ramsey as Ellie. Mm-hmm. She doesn't necessarily fit the character visually, but like. I will say I, I th- there's moments where I see the characters and I see that relationship that I've grown to to know from the games mm-hmm. and like I'm I'm content with what they've got you know yeah and it's kind of like maybe it's just a thing where like the more I see them together the more it feels like yeah they have that relationship yeah I think uh, also something to note is for anyone just in case you're unfamiliar with this universe. The general storyline is this takes place many years after a fungal infection has caused a zombie apocalypse. Um, and so the the idea is that Joel and Tess, who are smugglers, are approached to essentially smuggle Ellie, a girl, to a safe place across the country. Yeah, for whatever for reason. reason, Which you will find out throughout yes. the show, but yeah. we'll, we'll keep that yeah. quiet. Yeah, uh, we're not going to go too This is our spoiler-free. Yes. Uh, but... We are potentially going to do a Last of Us uh, Anatomy of situation where mm-hmm. we will cover the episodes yes. over a couple. Yeah, we should do that for sure. But um, yeah, I, I've been I've been enjoying this. I, I think it, it really shows that you can do a lot with a video game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I naturally too, I think that this plot specifically kind of works well with adapting to... A TV series. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I think it it's even spawned, like, spoofs or whatever on SNL, how they did something making fun of it. Or Yeah, they had Pedro Pascal, Pedro as, Pascal the, uh, as Mario. And they did the <laughs> uh, the skit where he was Mario in a Mario Kart, whatever. Yeah, to Rainbow serious, Road or whatever. Uh, yeah, adaptation. Which I would which totally I would watch. I would have seen that. Yeah, it's so Make funny. Make that show. Absolutely. Um, it's me. <laughs> no. It's oh. a me. <laughs> it's a me. Mario. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> it's a me. Mario. Yeah. So I'm very much enjoying this. I did not play the games because it's not super, it's not really like my genre. Mm. Um, yeah. I like scary stuff much. But um, as far as having no background as far as how the games are supposed to be or anything, just as a show and a premise, I'm enjoying it a lot. I think it's really done well. Yeah. The graphics and how they're doing the zombies and all the different stuff is like, it's it's A+, plus, I, I think, at this point. Yeah, I, I think they're kind of step by step. They're, they're showing sections of the game in a very interesting manner, I think, that, that works well with the flow of the show. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, they're clearly cutting out five plus hours that you're playing in an area 
you know, doing the gameplay stuff, but they are they are still representing those areas mm-hmm. throughout the show and the transition from where they started to where they're trying to get. Yes. So for me, I, I'm going to say it's a dissect it so far. Yeah, uh, I, I think I can say dissect it for me as well. I, I am really curious where they're going to go with the end of this show. But as of right now, I think that it's definitely working really well for me. Uh, but like if they change the ending, it's going to really like have a lot of implications on what they can do with season two mm-hmm. because they've already announced season two and that whole storyline really, <laughs> it's heavily relied on the events of the ending of season one or of, of the, the first game. So yeah. I'm really curious how they're going to, how they're going to play that out if they, if they try and change anything like that. Yeah. So I guess we are DTF. DTF. Sounds like it. Nice. Right before Valentine's Day. Oh yeah. <laughs> Perfect timing. Yeah. All right. Uh, next up, I saw Megan. Or M3GAN. Yeah. M3GAN. <laughs> uh, this came out on January 6th in theaters. It's uh, already has a sequel in the works, apparently. It announced for 2025. Uh, it was written by Akila Cooper, directed by Gerard Johnstone. Uh, and it stars Allison Williams as Gemma, Jenna Davis as the voice of Megan, and Violet McGraw as Caddy, the niece of Gemma, and Ronnie Chang as David, which I believe is like Gemma's boss. So it's a pretty small cast, but um, the basic premise is it feels like it's child's play, okay. Chucky. Got it. Gemma is very smart. Uh, engineer who makes this robot doll companion Mm -hmm. uh to like sell as a toy for for kids that's really fucking expensive Mm -hmm. uh and she basically tests it on her niece who had recently lost her parents in a car accident Mm -hmm. as like a way for her to like have somebody to like interact with and feel i guess like comfortable comfortable and, and like not alone Mm-hmm. While she's like busy with work, yeah, and it kind of just unfolds from there. Mm-hmm. The events of the the whole thing with Megan. This I thought was actually going to be a rated R movie. It ended up being PG thirteen, which mm. ironically, people were still bringing their children who were like four Weird. to this movie. Yeah, <laughs> and although it was PG thirteen, like there were actually moments that I felt like I'm kind of surprised that is a thirteen. Like it felt like this feels like an R moment. So like maybe it was an R and they shifted to thirteen. They did a whole lot of interesting stuff with this. It, it definitely felt like their market was to kind of like cater to like a younger, I don't want to say TikTok audience, but like this very tween, yeah, I guess, audience. Yeah. So TikTok. Uh, <laughs> I guess, yeah. Like yeah. there wasn't necessarily anything that was TikTok about it, but yeah. like it just felt like there was moments that like you could tell like they really trying to like relate to the young crowd yes. with this one and like having the doll and all that stuff and. Like, the movie starts with this, like, basically a commercial for a spoof of, like, a Furby. Okay. And, like, it's clearly a part of the movie, but, like, mm-hmm. that's, like, what they had before Megan comes around and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Like, she's, like, the new big thing that they need to do to compete with the the other toy companies and all that stuff. And Got it. I liked it. There was a lot of obvious, like, tropey stuff that you would expect to, like, happen. You know, like, somebody gets murdered or yeah. whatever. And, like, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Nothing new there, but yeah. like, um, 
God, it was terrifying. And like, <laughs> I will say that like the ending, in my opinion, I felt was pretty predictable, but like it was safe and it got the job done. Yeah. I'd be interested to see another another movie. So I'm I'm kind of glad to see that they're going to come out with another one. I want to say this is like destroyed with the box office. Cause it did. It was like a really small budget. It was, it was a 12 million budget. And like the opening, I think they got like a 165 worldwide. So like yeah. they made money on this one. Lots of money. Yeah. Which ironically, I feel like this was one of the movies that had the biggest audience mm-hmm. that I went to in a long time. Yeah. Like, we've seen some superhero movies, I feel like, in theaters that didn't have anywhere near as many people as this movie did. And I thought that was really surprising because I didn't see it as something that was like this big event movie that people had to go see. Yeah. But um, I had a good time with it. So for me, it was a a large slice. Yeah. I think it had some problems that they could like work out. But Mm -hmm. like, overall, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I'm glad you enjoyed it. And I'm glad I didn't have to see it. Yeah. There was definitely (laughs) moments where I was like, yep, she would not have wanted to see this. I knew. <laughs> okay. Um, we also watched Glass Onion. This came out in theaters last November 23rd, and it actually released on Netflix a month later on December 23rd. And it is the sequel to, uh, or I guess it's a sort of a sequel, um, to Knives Out. It's technically uh. called Glass Onion colon A Knives Out Mystery. But, yeah. Um, it is a sequel. Because it's better than being called... Knives out, colon, cancer. Okay. That's <laughs> unnecessary. <laughs> it was written and directed by Ryan Johnson. <laughs> and it was related to Knives Out in that Daniel Craig played his character Benoit Blanc from Knives Out mm-hmm. in this as well. The premise of this is that we've got uh, Miles Braun, played by Edward Norton, is an eccentric billionaire and owner of a big tech company. He invites a bunch of his closest friends to a private island for a murder mystery event, and chaos ensues, essentially. Uh, I don't want to get too deep into all the different things that happen, but there's a very large, a very big ensemble cast to this movie. I think that was like the biggest appeal, at least for me, was the cast of... Mm-hmm. Of characters and and who they got and yes. and how they were all going to like interact because like you know the Knives Out was such a fun movie because of the cast they had mm-hmm. and like you know you had actors playing characters that you didn't really expect them to play mm-hmm. based off what they've done in previous work and yes like, so it was fun to see it that. did continue and that this here this one I feel like you kind of got that same mm-hmm. yeah we had Janelle Monae playing uh Miles uh, Bronze ex business partner. Catherine Hahn typically is some kind of comedic role, and she played basically a, a person. She's a governor who's running for Senate, kind of a big stick in the mud type mm-hmm. person. And um, then we have Kate Hudson, who played this supermodel turned fashion designer who was famous for being politically incorrect on social media, <laughs> apparently. Um, and Dave Batista played a video game streamer and men's rights activist on Twitch and YouTube, just, just to name a few. And mm-hmm. so there's just a lot of characters who play playing characters that we're not used to seeing them in. And it was very interesting. Yeah. And obviously the events of the murder, murder planned murder mystery event do not go as planned. Yeah, yeah. So what was so odd for me was like, when we saw the trailer, it was like, mm-hmm. essentially the whole thing was, he's planning his murder mystery. Yeah. And then, so like, I was confused. I was like, I don't understand. So <laughs> he's planning 
like a fake murder and then I guess he's got to get murdered. And so like I was going into it with that whole perspective. Yeah. And I really enjoyed what they did with this and like how they kind of kept you on your toes mm-hmm. thinking you knew exactly how it was going in. But yeah. then it just kind of played out a completely they were different like, guess way. Guess what, bitch? Yeah. You had no idea. <laughs> so I guess maybe that's the glass onion side of it. Yes. Yeah. I, I did really enjoy this one. I think it was a fun time. I was surprised to see it go straight to Netflix. Yes. I figured they would have put it in theaters before they dropped it on Netflix. Because I guess Netflix They did owns, for a month. Did they? Yeah. Was It It must have been limited then because I yeah. don't think we had it around here. Uh, yeah, it was limited release. We didn't have it around here. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it was a... I, I, I did enjoy this one a lot. And yeah. I hope that they do more. I think they have at least one more movie planned. Yeah, I want them to keep going with this because this character is great. And usually what they do with the stories. I think it's really fun to have like officially a new property that's like a mystery type situation. Mm -hmm. That it's not something that really gets done a lot, I think, anymore. I feel like these movies specifically are going to like re... Reinvigorate that. Yeah, and Mm -hmm. and get that, that kind of theme back into popularity. Yeah, yeah. Um... Like, Benoit Blanc is just such a fun character. Absolutely, that, like, yeah. The way he interacts with everybody, it's yeah. just so yeah, satisfying, I guess. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I agree. This is but, definitely a dissector from me. And I, I feel like his character, to say that, too, is like, you know, you go into this being like, oh, yeah, he's so good at his job. He's going to get this. And, like, yeah. they kind of play on that. And I love mm-hmm. how they kind of even put him in a situation where even he's kind of, like, unfamiliar mm-hmm. within the environment. Yes. And and it's kind of harder for him to then go and solve something because, like, the variables that he thought he had control of are now... Out of his control. Out of his control. Yes. And um, I think that was a fun way to use this character that we think we know how he works and then give him, like, a different condition mm-hmm. to work with. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And then I don't, this one's hard to measure because it only had a month in a limited theater release, but it did make fifteen million from the theatrical mm-hmm. release. Well, I mean, Netflix I'm bought sure. the rights to, yeah. to these movies. Yeah, so yeah. So they they don't really care. I, I'm assuming they plan to make more. Yeah, you wouldn't invest just for one movie, right? So, um, yeah, this one I I will say I don't know if I could say it was a dissector for me. I would say it's it's a large slice. I do wish that they had you know like Catherine Hahn. She was a fun character, but like I feel like there were like situations like they didn't really use those characters as much as they could have. You yeah. Know, like, and maybe that's just like a product of like when they cast her, she wasn't as blown up mm-hmm. because of like other things she's been in. You know, like mm-hmm. WandaVision, for example. Right, like right. maybe like I feel like that might have made her really grow in popularity. Mm-hmm. And like maybe the role at the time when they cast her for this and like what they did with this, like she wasn't as big of a a character. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I think feel it's like also I was surprised how little they used her. I guess. Yeah, I saying. think it's also a side effect too because like so there's such an ensemble. There's each one has a specific part to play in the mm. story, and hers I mean, just Endgame did it. Yeah, <laughs> true. <laughs> no, I had a I had a good time with this one. Uh, it's it was very long. I feel like if I remember, it was pretty long. Yeah, so it was like it was like two and a half hours. Uh, probably. Um, I mean, luckily it's you know you can watch it at home. So yeah. All right. Well, that's it for our reviews. Yes, I'm sure we, we have quite a few more. We solved that mystery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the mystery of what was our review of these movies and shows. Yeah. So you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs>
No need for Benoit Blanc. Yeah, this time. All right, well, let's get to the end of our episode and say what's coming up. I guess not really just this week, but the previous month. Yeah, we're missed. doing a little catch-up, plus so, typically what's coming out next yeah, is where we give go. Give you guys a little idea of what we're interested in. Maybe there's something that you'll find interesting and mm-hmm. want to check it out as, as well. Uh, so The Bad Batch Season 2 uh, came out on January 4th for Disney+. Plus. That's the Star Wars animated show mm-hmm. based off the clone troopers who mm-hmm. have very unique talents and appearances. Yeah. So I will be watching that one. Uh, Servant Season 4 came out on January 12th on Apple TV+. Plus. That is a show that I can't believe <laughs> is still running, but I actually enjoy every season when it comes out. You every do? Season, okay. Every season, I'm like, I don't understand how they could keep going with this show. Yeah. Like, uh, this has to be the last one. Yeah. I think this actually is the last season. Okay. For season four. For but now. like, I'm just like, I don't understand how they're still going with this show. Yeah. Uh, but I'm really enjoying this one. So it's like a... I don't know how to explain it. Basically, it's like a, a in-house uh, babysitter. Like an au pair? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like she's got this weird gloomy backstory that mm-hmm. like is very mysterious. and Yeah. It always is. It's just kind of unraveling that. And I had uh, directed the first few episodes and he's kind of behind the script, I think, for it. So it's a good time. I'm, I'm enjoying it. Obviously, The Last of Us, we just talked about our spoiler-free review. Mm-hmm. That came on the 15th, HBO Max. Go check that out if you haven't yet. It's a lot of fun. Uh, an Aqua Teen Forever Plantasm. So Aqua Teen Hunger Force? Yeah. So they Fuck made a yeah. movie last year. And it went straight to like DVD or whatever purchase. Oh. So it's finally hitting HBO Max. And Perfect. so like I'm excited because I can watch Hell it. Yeah. So that came out on uh, February 8th. Sweet. Yeah. And I think there's actually a revival of the show even. Nice. At some point. Even better. Yeah. Uh, yep, that's it for my list. Okay. For me, um, season two of Vikings Valhalla started January 12th. I still haven't started it yet, but I need to because <laughs> I liked the first season. South Park season 26 dropped on HBO Max on February 8th. We did start that? Yeah, we watched yeah, the first we, episode. Yeah, we watched the first episode. I, I think I'm going to go back and catch up on yeah. season one through 25 before I finish the rest, though. <laughs> okay. You let me know how that goes it in like 20 like years. It's like a show I really need to like... Yeah. <laughs> get a grasp of the, of the the past yeah um so yeah they started out with a bang and harley quinn a very problematic valentine's day special came out on february 9th it was the max original season 3b premiere which i assume is is it a second half of season yeah. three so okay. i didn't even realize <laughs> that yeah i yeah. thought it was just like a one-off thing but so that makes more sense because the ending of what we saw, which is what I thought was the end of that season, yeah. I was like, this is a very, like... Weird ending. Yeah, it's yeah. a very, like... Yeah. Not exciting ending. Yeah. So I guess it's only because it was the first half of the show. Yeah, yeah. So it tracks. And then, finally, Carnival Row Season 2 comes out on the 17th of February on Amazon Prime, which we've been waiting for a long time for that, I right? completely forgot about this show. <laughs> you want to know how long the show... Has been like... How long? Not around. How long? We reviewed season one mm-hmm. on our first episode. Oh shit, really? Of, of this podcast. Our first ever episode we reviewed I season one. I believe it was our first episode. Oh wow, that's and that crazy. that was what, uh, 2019? Yes. 20? No, it was 19. 
I know it was It was October. 19, because it was right before the pandemic. Oh, right, right, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, okay. That makes more sense. <laughs> we were like, yeah, we're going to have so much content to talk about. Yeah. Dead. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then theaters, we had uh, Megan came out on the 6th, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. of January. Uh, Knock at the Cabin came out February 3rd. Uh, Titanic 45th anniversary was released uh, again, I mm-hmm. guess. For... I just, I chose to put this in there okay. because, I don't know. Because James it, Cameron Technically, it's you. coming out. Yeah, yeah. It's because James Cameron is, is James, James Cameron. Cameron. <laughs> is James Cameron. Is James Cameron. <laughs> Um, that was on February 10th. I assume yeah. it's still in theaters. Yeah. yeah. I am in no way trying to promote yeah. giving him more of a success to Titanic. Yeah. But for anybody who does want to see it on the big screen again, there it is. Yeah. And then I'll let you do this next one. And I'm sure it'll be back another time. So. <laughs> yeah. For the 46th anniversary, I'm sure they'll bring it back. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. The anniversary of the 44th. Or on oh, the forty fifth anniversary, they'll they'll do forty <laughs> fifth anniversary anniversary. Yeah, yeah. And of course, the last on our list of releases coming out is Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania on February seventeenth, which of course I'm very excited for. Of course, we have our tickets. Yep, we're ready to fucking go. Yep, we've got our tickets for uh, to see it twice. At least I do. Yeah, you do. So I have PTO really in the afternoon, it. so we can go to an early showing. Really excited yeah. for this one. I yeah. really, I can't wait to see what, what happens. Yeah. I, I hope it has huge consequences on the future of the MCU. It has to. Yeah. 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 Do you have any predictions? What you think? No. Are we, not... gonna see, are we gonna see any like oh shit characters that we didn't expect to see? You think? I, there's gotta be. There's gotta be at least one character that I mean, we didn't Modoc see in the trailers. Would, would have been that character. I feel like. But, but they, they revealed him very, already. They made it very clear right off the bat that he was in this movie. Who he was. Mm-hmm. They didn't really make it any kind of mystery. So we're either going to get a so brand new character. Somebody else. We're either going to get a brand new character that's not in the trailers. Or we're going to get a reveal that somebody in the trailers is not who we thought they were. Oh, right. If they're doing like the deception type fucking mm-hmm. trailer yeah. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you know what would be funny? If it was MODOK. Yeah. If it was, they're telling us it's, it's uh, the cross character. Yeah. And they had his face. Yeah. And then it ends up being a not. different character. <laughs> yeah. As Modoc. Yeah. Because that would be funny because like that would explain why he looked so shitty. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's just like we're just going to slap like, it together. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Just yeah. like yeah. to get it out there. Yeah. Yeah. That would be funny. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm excited for this one. Yeah. Uh, notable mentions. We already talked about them. The menu came out on HBO Max January 3rd. So if you're interested, check that out. And Wakanda Forever was available on Disney Plus starting February yeah, 1st. I think, I think it's going to be there... If I'm correct, it's going to be there forever. Okay. I mean, it should be, legally. Yeah, legally speaking. Yeah. All right. We have reached the end of our episode. Of our first episode of 2023. Yes. Very exciting. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We appreciate you uh, tuning in again, uh, waiting for us to come back. And we appreciate your patience while we get into the swing of things again. And uh, don't forget to follow us on all the social medias. We've got Twitter, DTF Pod. Instagram, Dissecting This Fiction. Facebook, Dissecting This Fiction Podcast. Um, We've got our website, dtfcast.com. There's a listing of all of our episodes. We're on all of the various podcatchers. Anywhere you want to listen to podcasts, we're there typically. Um, So follow us, share, leave us a review. If you'd leave us a review, it'd be really helpful so we could know how we're doing and all that stuff. Yeah, leave us like five 
to 300 reviews all positive yeah that'd be great if you could just do that uh, yeah <laughs> um you can even send us an email directly if you have content requests or suggestions to dtfpod at gmail.com yeah tomorrow we get a content request they're like yeah i was wondering if you could uh just stop talking <laughs> we altogether. Did, we didn't get that email <laughs> oh. just stop it just stop the podcast just stop altogether delete it yeah. They're like, I will pay you, please. <laughs> well, how much? <laughs> that, that's true. That's true. <laughs> and then we start a new podcast. Yeah. With like a slightly loophole. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta you gotta delete that because then yeah. we've given away our trick. <laughs> yeah. Slicing up stuff. Yeah. That's a great name. <laughs> <laughs> DTF variant. Yeah. <laughs> Don't forget to look for our gaming episode, newly titled Loading Games with DTF. Very excited for that. And of course, next week we will have our Anatomy of Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. So we will not have a regular episode, but we will have our breakdown of that movie and everything that contains the MCU's future within it. So look forward to that one. All right. Thanks everyone for listening. That's it for episode 130 of Dissecting This Fiction. Bye bye <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to do it. Yeah, I had to keep the suspense <laughs> yeah. for the new year. Yeah, of course.